You're listening to the Opie and Anthony channel on Sirius XM. The Ron and Fez show starts. Come on. Now!
let's get down to it, boppers. Oh, buddies, it's the Ron and Fez show. It's a Monday. Last night, the Heat tied up. Fez Watley is the only guy in New York not watching the Tony Awards. And the NSA whistleblower uh, came out. Hicks, hero? For the breadth of what this PRISM program or whatever does, mm-hmm. yeah, this guy, this guy's a hero. But what are you saying? Other than that, he's not a hero just for this one thing? That's all it takes for you to be a hero. You only have to save one baby to be a hero. You don't have to save a baby a day. This guy uh, has got everybody pissed at him. He's on the run from Johnny Law and says he's not coming back to the United States no matter what. Gave up his 200 k a year. He's like, yeah, I gave up $200,000 a year, benefits, and my girlfriend in Hawaii. (laughs) I bounced to Hong Kong. I'm out. Peace. Try and find me. Now I do an interview with the Guardian. He also says, I really don't want this to be about me because the media is going to turn me into some kind of ridiculous, you know, laughing stock. Oh, this is the same guy who got caught, you know, fill in the blank, smoking pot, jerking off, whatever the fuck it is. But the entire point will be to now make a joke out of this guy. A couple of things come up uh, that are kind of interesting. Number one, he says he was going to do this uh, before Obama got elected the first time and then kind of gave Obama the benefit of the doubt to see once he became president, he would be able to rein the NSA in anymore uh, or a little more and uh, apparently no attempt by the Democrats. Um, the other thing that's kind of interesting is he said we have to decide why terrorism is a new threat. There's always been terrorism. Boston was a criminal act. It was not about surveillance, but good old-fashioned police work. The police are very good at what they do. And yet, the CIA, NSA, were blamed when that bomb went off in Boston of where were they, why didn't they do enough Blah, blah, blah. So the American people are very fucking funny with this. With A, they want zero things, zero reasons not to feel safe. And B, they don't want anybody snooping and running around and looking at stuff, blah, blah, blah. So they really want both. Uh, The other thing to look at with this is the answer to the Republicans does not seem to be the Democrats, and the answer to the Democrats does not seem to be the Republicans. Uh, Having said that, you don't really see a big option on the the future of all this either. It's weird. I mean, this... this that this, that this guy's come forward and let everyone know that they can get any email, phone call, whatever that they want. It, it's This program might get shut down. There's just another one's going to pop up. Why, why wouldn't there be? There is no privacy. Yeah. It's really, it almost lends credence to the uh, conspiracy nuts where they, they say like, oh, and the CIA or whatever, some shadow agency or the NSA can get, you know, access to anything they want. And they can. The NSA is not a shadow no. agency, though. <laughs> They've been there for a long time. They're bigger than the FBI. They're bigger than the CIA. For everyone to act like they're suddenly surprised by this or or calling it shadow 
is kind of funny to me. But you can also see that these guys don't care who's the president of the United States. They've got kind of their own security thing to do. And a lot of people, you know, scream for security all the time. It's a very weird thing. America really should take the time to decide who they want to be. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. A lot going on today. Um, It looks like, oh, we got a 42 up. Uh, 42 guitars we want to play is up there on the iBang. Um, here's, uh, what else is happening? Oh, another Val Victorian mic got turned off in Texas. Oh, and you were talking about uh, conspiracy nuts. The Alex Jones uh, shock jock act in the BBC. <laughs> what was funny is, I think the NSA is very happy with somebody like that being the conspiracy <laughs> theorist, you know? He's the figurehead, because he is the guy that they all listen to and they all love. But it makes them look crazy. Yeah. It makes them look like fucking ridiculous uh, lunatics. Um, up on the iBang also today, this was an interesting one. It looked like uh, this came from a magazine in... England, and then Rolling Stone picked up on it, greatest debut album of all time. Now, this one I wish we had Earl or Davey Mack in for, because this is the kind of shit that if I go out to lunch with those guys, we roll on the floor all over about. Oh, hell yeah. But I think if you're going to do the de- debut album thing, you have to be quite uh, upfront about it. Number one... It cannot be somebody who was around before. You can't act like, oh, I've started a new band, and here's our debut album. So, in other words, it kind of throws out the Blind Faiths, uh, the Creams, all that kind of stuff. In your case, Hex, the damn Yankees would not be included. That blows. Uh, It looks like this magazine pick, The Velvet Underground, and I think... Rolling Stone picked uh, Beastie Boys, but they admitted their, theirs was a little less scientific. They just quick threw it up there. They do have a lot of good picks on it, though. I like the Clash to Clash, self-titled. Uh, that's, that's a big one. I love that album. It's a great album. Some of the stuff that people put up on the iBang is very, very strong as well. The Pretenders' first album. Very, very strong. Cars' first album. Here's the other thing, too. I don't think... uh, For me, the big debut album, if you're going to be an all-time classic, and anybody that wants to get in on this, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. What is the single best debut album of all time. But here's what I think that you have to do with a great debut album. Number one, you need one mass hit. You need something that people would hear anywhere on the radio. And then two, once it brings them in, 
it's like a great album that doesn't sound exactly like that hit. Where you could say to people, wait, you think you like that fucking song, but the rest of the album is even better. Let's get deep. So, um, The Doors' first album. Perfect thing that we're talking about. You have a gigantic song that went out that everybody was singing, and then they came in and they heard about the end and fucking the mother and killing the father and freaking everybody out. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, hi, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Who's this? Uh, this is Buck. What do you say, Buck? Hey, um, over here driving around in Youngstown, and I, I, when you gave the criteria, all I could think about was the the first Boston album. I mean, Jesus, you still hear it on the radio. You heard it when it first came out, almost every track, and... Almost uh, every track is still being played. So, but the Cars is a good one too. That was good. Well, the here's the other thing about the Boston thing. But, but see if I'm wrong on this. It should also say there's more good stuff coming. It's not just one album, and then we go away, or everything sounds the same after this. You need a promise of a future where it leaves you wanting more. Basically, that that, that debut album's like, oh my god, I wish. Why isn't there another album out right now? This isn't enough for me. I need it. And more than a feeling is probably enough for any fucking Boston <laughs> fan, since every other song sounds like that after. Hey, Frankie, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey. How you doing, Roddy B? Good. Uh, I mean, I know they were in other bands before. That never like, does, shouldn't count. Boo. But they eclipsed those other bands by a long shot. Shouldn't count. Guns N' Roses? Appetite? Oh, no. See, I would say that Guns N' Roses counts because they weren't in bands that anybody knew before. Obviously, everyone is going to be in a band before they're in a hit band. Um, but what, what I was saying is you can't be in Guns N' Roses and then have another debut album. Doesn't work. Or like we just played the great George Harrison, the fact that he was in the Beatles... Because that all things must uh, must pass, I think, was the first album he did after the Beatles. It's fucking genius, but he was in the Beatles before that. <laughs> Matter of fact, all those songs, John and Paul wouldn't let him put on the fucking Beatles albums. Crazy. But yeah, Guns counts. Definitely. Like a... Uh like the Queens of Stone Age, they had that band like Eagles of Death Metal or whatever afterwards. It just that doesn't count because they've already established themselves as rock stars. They already got the deal. Um, Keith, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, Brian. Uh, Peter Franson comes alive. There's some of those songs still good play today. Not not the first album. It wasn't. Uh, I thought it was first. No, he actually did a bunch of Frampton's Camels album before that, and then he was also in what was that other band that he was in? Oh, that was. Uh... Fuck, I'm going crazy here with Steve Marriott. Humble Pie? Humble Pie, thank you. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Chris. Oh, hi. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to say Van Halen, just uh, for the sake of like what it did, I think. Arguably, it uh, saved rock at the time. And I think with the way they mixed the music, the, everything from like Eruption to Ice Cream Man... And uh, you have things like Running with the Devil on there and into Atomic Punk, which is, you know, pretty hard for the time. I think it just kind of proves that that's what, you know, held them and, you know, fortified Rock and Van Halen as a great Well, it, it certainly was a great uh, debut album for them, but Saving Rock, no. 
it well, did not save it rock. It changed the sound, right? I mean, it changed it. Not everything at the time. I mean, Eddie became the new guitar hero. It was the first time we had a, a big guitar hero in many, many years. He became the new guy, and everybody wanted to be him. But I don't think there was any... I mean, rock was certainly in better shape than it is now. <laughs> um, Susan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hi, Ron. I just want to say, first of all, I'm a huge fan. I think you're awesome on this yeah. new show all the time. And uh, I'm going to go a little old school. I'm going to say Neil Young. You know, Buffalo from Springfield. Buffalo Springfield. Well, you know, he was great in Buffalo Springfield, but better on his own. Mm. Yeah, I know it's not a first album. But yeah, I, 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 I just I think that, I, yeah, I, I think the problem is it's not uh, it doesn't fit the full criteria of being uh, a first album because he was in a giant band before. Sorry, lady. Sorry, that's also why we're not including Crosby, Stills, and Nash. They don't make it. Uh, Peter, you're on the manifest show. Hey, hey, Ron. I think uh, the band's first album was pretty great. I don't know if it had a big hit. Um, it no, great. it's fantastic, and I think it did make the top ten. I bet it did. Yeah, it did. up there. Yeah. Uh, as long as you can put that record on and enjoy it uh, any time of the day. And I'm going to punch out because you guys are the best show ever. Thanks. Oh, thanks, man. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Uh, Rich, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, good morning. Uh, what about uh, Led Zeppelin's first album? Um, yeah, but, you know, what happens the fact that they were pretty well known before they went into that. So, no. What a terrible pick. I don't think it's terrible, but I don't think it meets all of our criteria. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's Scott. Scott, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, GNR and VH were great choices, but personally, I think it's uh, got to be Hendrix and White Stripes. Just absolute amazing first albums. Well, you know, let's go back to Hendrix. And, you know, the guy bringing up, no one had ever heard of anything like Eddie before Van Halen's first album. Imagine if Eddie came out in 1967, you know, which was basically what Hendrix did. I mean, Hendrix was such a fucking leap ahead. You know, you're only talking like... Uh, two, three years since people were like, you know, Dick Dale was about as far as you could go <laughs> with a guitar. Um, here's uh, here's Mark here on the Run Fest show. Good morning, guys. How are you? Good. Oh, great. It's got to be meatloaf fat out of hell. I think it fits every criteria that you mentioned. Well, first fat guy ever to really make it big and rock. That's going to be a lot said for that. Uh, Grant, you're on the manifest show. Hey, Ron. Uh, I don't know if it's just like I hear because of uh, Mother Love Bone, but Pearl Jam 10 got to be up there. I think that you'd have to put Pearl Jam up. I think Pearl Jam would have to be on the list. Uh, Ray, you're on the manifest show. Uh, hey, buddy. Uh, Nirvana's first album, I mean, that killed metal, and it started growing. Bleach? Yes. Yeah, I don't think it killed metal. Well, you know, metal was fading, but that kind of was the end of the of the leather, and then you had... To yeah, here, here's the, the thing, uh, the, whether you like it or not, it's like that Bleach album wasn't the one that put them over. Everyone knows it's Nevermind. 
I mean, Bleach, there's some good songs on Bleach, and Nirvana's great, and it's a good album, but... It's almost like the Sublime thing, where the first album, yeah, everyone likes it, but the second album is the one that they love. Yeah. The second album made the impact for them. Uh, Nirvana's second album is the one that made the impact for them. Doesn't mean that anything bad about the band. It just meant it was the second album before they uh, grabbed a hold of it. That's all. And, and radio had the same way. Uh, they people don't like Pablo Honey a lot. At least the people came in and OK Computer. And the third albums, that's their masterpiece. OK Computer is the masterpiece. You're actually angry about that one. Yeah, I'm a little pissed. Uh, Mike, Mike, you're on the Run Fest show. Uh, guys, what about uh, Rage Against the Machine's debut album? The cover is awesome. It's fucking it's phenomenal. Name and every track is good. You can't skip a single track. I agree 100. percent um, they would have to be. They'd have to be thrown in there. Uh, Mark, you're on the run of Fest show. Uh, college dropout, Kanye West. So through the wire is the smash hit, and then I think every other song kind of, you know, it, it doesn't sound like that song. And then one more thing past your criteria, Ron, is that that was a hip hop album that sort of deviated from classical hip hop of that time, and it's really started with. Uh, bringing in some newer artists that kind of copied the style up for that. I didn't pay any attention to him to Jesus Walk, so are you into this at all, Hicks? I, I remember when it came out, because everyone's yeah. like, what's this producer? It was just a producer, never mm -hmm. rapped or anything. And it's like, what's this producer doing rapping? I guess this song's catchy. The lyrics kind of blow, but I actually curse this song for bringing him to blowing up his ego like it has. So you blame the album for his ego? Yeah. It's a weird thing to say. Uh, Brad, you're on Run Fest. Hey, Brad. Hey yeah. Hey, guys. Child of the 90s here, so I'm going to go with Hooting the Blowfish, uh, Crack the Review Window. That's sad. <laughs> very, very sad. Gigantic album, though. I mean, I think it sold 700 million copies. What? Yeah. Yeah, it was gigantic. I remember, yeah, I remember it blowing up. I, I always like saying this, love Hootie, hate the blowfish, and then hopefully I try to get a little laugh out of it. Well, you're paying for Hootie. Blowfish is just extra. Side dish? Mm-hmm. You could probably go around and tell chicks you were in the blowfish. <laughs> it was a crazy time in the 90s, lady. I've hit a rough, rough patch lately, but hey, that was the heyday. Mark, you're on the Run of Fez show. Let's go over to Nate, Montana. Go ahead, buddy. Hey, how about Aerosmith's original album? I really, like, Dream On. I mean, that's one of my favorite songs of all time. I know it is, dude. I know you love it, so. Um, I wonder, though, if that was... It kind of wasn't that breakthrough for them. They were one of those bands that had to do a couple albums before they became, like, headliners. They had to tour around for a while. Uh, Jay, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys, how you doing? Mm. Uh, I was going to say the Ramones' first album, uh, Ramones. Ramones' first album, I believe, made Rolling Stones' list. Changed music forever. Mm. Why, by taking it back to the Beach Boys? Hey, we only need three chords. Yeah, I mean, but we already knew that. It wasn't like <laughs> we didn't know that before. I mean, if you go back and listen to that, it sounds like a Beach Boys record to me. It sounds like Jan and Dean put on leather jackets. Doesn't mean it isn't great. I'm not fucking busting their balls. All Ramones fans are crying right now. But Yeah, but they also didn't change music. 
Uh, John, you're on Run Fez show. Hey, boys. Uh, I was going to say Van Morrison's Astro Week. So he recorded that when he was 18. The time they were marketing things like, oh, they're the American Beatles. They had no idea what to do with A, that's not Van a Morrison. first album. And B, he was in them. So yeah. it doesn't make any fucking sense. Nice. An American Beatles, he's from fucking Northern Ireland. So everything that you're telling us today, sir, is madness. I think that guy was dusted. Because literally everything he said was wrong. Every single thing. <laughs> Come on. Every goddamn thing that he said. Every bullshit fact he was throwing out there was the opposite of true. Uh, look what it is. It's the blowhard. Got to include my good friend Cindy Lauper. She's so unusual. You figure with girls just want to have fun, still an anthem at every bad wedding, every DJ. Time after time, she bopped. The, the record just kept on pumping out hits from the 80s, and they still play it today. I'm not sure if that was the first album. Well, she was in a group called Blue Angel. Yeah. And it go. flopped. It didn't really sell anything over on an RCA label. And then she got together and just... Now, here's the great thing about Cindy L. Alper. She won a Tony last night. Beating out Trey. It's, such, it's just, the haters just love to just shit all over them. Cindy Lauper is becoming a gay icon. She's very active becoming. in fundraising for AIDS, AIDS research, and uh, the, the oh, new show, Pinky Boots. It's been a, it's a hit on Broadway. It's an amazing. She wrote all the music. Everyone know hands yeah, on the hard body. Yeah, I know. Body. She, won the, she won the Tony last night. I'm happy for her. She's, she's, she's I'm happy Trey lost. I'm not happy Trey lost because the, the guy can't get any respect. You hey, know, hey, hey. she's a ridiculous, yeah. Can you believe you and I are actually arguing about Broadway? Hicks, did you go to the play? I did not go to the play. You're right, he does get no respect. <laughs> Cindy Lauper deserved it. It, it, it's, a, it's a wonderful play from what I hear, and I, I'd like to go take Fez and go see it. It sounds like a real fun time. Fez doesn't like Broadway. How can Fez not like Broadway? And I think Fez actually has talent for Broadway. He's got the acting skills to do it. Yeah, I really well, believe Fez could be a real Broadway... He uh, did do the boards. Gadfly. A real maven. I think Fez really deserves Broadway. The other uh, funny thing from that uh, Tony Awards last night uh, was that Tom Hanks didn't win. <laughs> and basically that's why he went there to pick up a nice little fucking Tony for himself. <laughs> I missed it all because I was sure up until late in the third period that the heat was going to go down 0-2. That was, uh, yeah. Well, everyone, everyone on the team showed up. That's pretty much what happened. I mean, that's what happened. Blew them out by 20. Ridiculous. Yeah, but it took a while for that to kick in. I mean, that was a very, very tight game. It was far from ridiculous. And then once I think they started to take that lead, San Antonio was like, let's just fucking preserve this. But LeBron scored, what, 16, 17 points? It was 17, and that was, you know, the first part of that, for, you know, three quarters of that game. It was garbage time. For L Dog. It was rough. It was rough. Uh, Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, what's up, buddy? Uh, I was going to say our Cake Fire funeral. It came out of nowhere, and that was just such an amazing album. Like, every song was great. Yeah, that, that is a band that I didn't see coming. And then I'm like, well, what are they kind of like? Um, remember there was that weird thing that came out before them? It was like an orchestra type thing. Oh, um, Jesus. It's, it's a really long, weird name. But they were kind of shitty and weird. Because <laughs> there was too many people in the band. Yeah. And I'm like, what are they? Picking up into that gimmick? Mm -mm. No. They're a the real deal. Yeah, they're, yeah, they were not just a weird gimmick. <laughs> real deal. This song blew everything away, man. Rebellion? Lies. That's great. Lies!
Tom, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, boys. Dire Straits' first album with the great Mark Knopfler. A completely different sound than anybody heard. Yeah, you know, uh, everyone just seems to go back to Brothers in Arms, though, as like their really, really big album, but... That what blew up. That's what blew up on MTV. Yeah, it was gigantic. And then they're like, "Okay, we're done. We've given you people all we have to give. Now we're exhausted." Cameron, you're on the Manifest show. I was thinking of Lance Morissette, Jagged Little Pill. <laughs> That's really funny because there, you could take ten albums today and would not be as big as that girl's <laughs> first fucking album. That, and I was doing radio when that album came out. During By the end of the tour of her first album, she was playing fucking stadiums. Stadiums! With only one album of fucking material. <laughs> that video was played constantly on MTV. It was just non-stop. Who didn't like Alanis back then, huh? Her? Hootie? It was great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was a fucking weird time. <laughs> um, yeah, it was gigantic. Uh, Preston, you're on the Running Face show. NWA, straight out of Compton. That's actually a really great one. Because who the fuck saw that coming? Uh, that's insane. Uh, Cody, you're on the Running Face show. Hey, Ronnie, this one doesn't really meet the criteria because it doesn't have a big hit on it, but Black Sabbath's first album. All right, I will definitely say that you couldn't put this thing together without Black Sabbath's first album on it because no one had ever heard anything like that before. And it did, it does kind of set the table that there was a lot more to come. It wasn't that Alanis Morissette. This is just some <laughs> little weird thing. I need something for the odds here today. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Will, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddies. How's about uh, the Fugees? That used to be Hicks' favorite band at one time. Oh, hell yeah. Too bad it kind of all... Everyone started going to prison and losing their mind. Yeah, everybody got a little crazy in that band. <laughs> yeah. Um, Megan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. What about the Strokes' first album? That's actually a very good call as well. Because, you know, I mean, they're not groundbreaking, and they, they do kind of... The reason I like them is because they sound like a lot of other kind of things, but they had a lot of good hits on that. Yeah, it is. That's a good one. Hey. It is. Okay. That, was, that was when the, that time when they broke, and then the White Stripes broke, and then it was like, holy sh shit, this is, this, is, this is great. It's going to be East Coast rock time. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. No. Not. <laughs> mm -mm. no. Just kidding. This was huge, this song. musical day today there's also uh, the 42 guitars uh, we really want to play 
up on the i bank today there the big 42 badass Guitars are beautiful, aren't they? Even before you play them, they're gorgeous-looking things. I love um, the steel, the steel, the steel guitars. Those are those are just gorgeous. The steel the steel pedals, yeah. steel guitars. You think they're beautiful? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you know what one is. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Where's the beauty then? Design. Um. Yeah. Oh yeah. You realize that it's not just a guitar made out of steel. I know. It's the thing that's sitting there looking like a keyboard. Yeah, it looks cool. Look at that. I don't think that's what you meant though, because you're pointing at a steel guitar. But you had a long weekend, didn't you? Eh, just just one night. Yeah. It's Monday now. Jay in Canada, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, I'd say Blind Melon's first album, Blind Melon in 92. To me, it sounded uh, like the first band that kind of captured that equality and sound that Zeppelin had when they first came out. I really thought that band was awesome. And I believe Alanis Morissette had other albums before the big one that busted her out. She was a little uh, bubblegum pop singer. All right. Good call. That takes her off. Tough luck. Alanis. Hello. Hey, buddy, I'm on the air right now. Can I talk to you later? I'll talk to you after three. Let's yeah. scary and talk, call me during the show. Oh, nice. Was this their only album, or did they do two? I think, I think there was two. There might have been a posthumous one that they put out. Oh, that's cheating, now. <laughs> Adam Yonkers, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, guys? What about Tribe Cole's Quest Rest album? It's actually a good call to this. That's a very good call for this one. Zach, you're on the Run of Fez show. Zach. Yeah, I had a couple for you, Ron. Mm -hmm. um, the, the first one would be uh, Little Feet. It was kind of like an answer to like the Stones and the Birds, sweet, uh, Sweetheart what of the Rodeo, their, kind of together. Yeah, what was their first album? Uh, I believe it was Little Feet, Little Feet. It had, like, uh, the first demo of Willin' and, and uh, it had some Howlin' Wolf songs on it. Yeah, I don't think, um, yeah, I don't think that, no, yeah, Willin' is on that album. Uh, I don't think that's their breakthrough, though. Yeah, it, I think probably Dixie Chicken was their breakthrough. Yeah, yeah. well, them and the, and the band. The band uh, we already have up on the list, they've got to make it. No one oh, ever heard yeah, any shit sure. like them before. Yeah. So, cool. All right, peace. Thanks, bye. Um, Adam, you're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, influenced by the band, you got the Counting Crows with August Everything After. 
you know, Adam was just in here the other day, and that that album kind of is that thing of they had a radio hit, and then when people went there, there were some other things that sounded similar to those hits, but were definitely deeper, better, blah, blah, blah. So they kind of fit the... And then I think they sold 10 million copies. Yeah. It's weird how some people just can sell 10 million copies. I like to sell 10 million copies of something. I like to sell 10 million anything. Um, here's uh, Drew, Virginia. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, buddy. Hey, I can't believe no one's mentioned the Allman Brothers' first album. Um, really paved the way for the uh, Southern Rock movement. Yeah, I don't know if it's their first album that worked for them, though. I think, you don't think so with, with Whipping Post and Dreams? Yeah, but I think when those things did got were done live, it was more fucking important to people. You yeah, know? you know, you're right about that, but still. Still paved the way. Like, I would put them up on any kind of uh, live uh, album thing ever. Uh, but I don't know whether it was the first... I didn't even know that came out in 69. It's a fucking great album. This might, even, this might be changing my mind. Although I don't think this album sold a lot. And I think it was like live with Phil Maurice that actually got people to pay attention. Uh, Nathan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, everyone. Just wondering where, where does Green Day play out on that list? Dookie was the first, right? I think they had an album before that. Oh, see, that would fuck up. That had like um, some like uh, demos or different versions of songs that were on Dookie. Now, was Tidal Wave, did Tidal Wave come out before or after them? After? After. Let's hear a little... TW. All right. Tidal Wave's uh, whole sound right now, to me, it's like they took what Green Day did and the next level shit. And they do this with just two members. It's nice. A duo. Hot right now. It's not really a duo because a duo would mean partnership. And let's face it, the lead guitar stands out alone. You can put any fucking drummer in that band. Drummer for hire, basically. Thank you. Why do you need a singer when you got something like this happening? Nice to have lyrics. I don't need them. <laughs> I just admit it. <laughs> I think it's better than the sister's version of Cups. But, alright, that's enough. I can't take it. Oh, okay. That's good though. I love that stuff. Here's John. You're on the Run Fest show. Hey Ronnie, how about Run DMC with uh, Aerosmith? There, I think that was uh, pretty. Trendy. I don't think that was their first either. I think they did stuff before then. Oh, maybe they did. All right. Thanks. Peace. That was like the big breakthrough mainstream uh, place, though, for hip hop. The first rap rock, sort of. I like to say for those about to rap, we salute you at that point. 
Yeah, they had the album with like Rockbox and Hard Times on before that. See? So that, that guy, again, a liar and probably dusted. A dusted liar. I know you still got the invisible line. Yeah, I've um keep asking them to fix it. I might just have to bring in my own printer. This Wednesday, make sure you get to the iBang for Unmasked on Wednesday. We have very special guest Mitch Glazer. Mitch Glazer, the creator, writer-producer of Magic City on Stars, wrote the screenplay for Scrooge. It's going to be a great unmask this Wednesday at 2 o'clock. Go to the iBang to make sure you're a part of the studio audience for Unmasked with Mitch Glazer. This Wednesday, make sure you get to the iBang. Quote Boxy, nevermore. Oh, I remember Boxy. You call Fez Boxy or Box Box? Box Box, because Boxy was that girl that was online that uh, <laughs> I would watch her weird videos. And I that- forgot about that. <laughs> She's 30 now. Yeah. Remember I used to yell at you and uh, Dave? I go, don't do it here at work. That's an underage girl. You're going to get fucking fired by somebody. Well, she went. She left the internet because uh, someone found her in real life and went to her, like, her house. But she was like 14. Said so 16, so, you know, that doesn't sound that bad. And, by the way, she was clothed, but these guys were just looking at her as, I don't know, creeps, I guess, is the only way I can think of it. They're all a bit creepy, yeah. So you don't, wanna, you don't like the nickname Boxy? Box Box. Box Box. Or No Bucks. Well, technically, he doesn't have a box. I was laughing at that last live read, though, because it was this Wednesday, get to the eye bag. Get to the eye bag before Wednesday. That's all. Bum, 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 that's, that's, that's T-dubs. Maybe you'll ever move up to, like, uh, lyrics, or you think they just keep this... Why do you fucking need lyrics if you already got perfection? Now? Instrumental sound. Tidewave seems to be the shit out there right now. People are loving it. I know the relatives are happy with it. Uh, what are you going to do? So you you thought Alex Jones came off looking pretty cool in England? <laughs> um, if by cool you mean crazy, yeah. Yeah. That's what I do mean. I think ever since uh, he lost it on Pierce Morgan, um, this has been the real, like, everyone's really seeing how crazy he is. Like, he can't go on a show now without being nuts. Yeah, because before this, he had his hardcores, and there was plenty of them who loved the guy and loved his his conspiracy talk. But now that the mainstream media is bringing him in a little bit, he's really coming off totally insane, which he is. It's funny. I like the BBC getting in on it. And the Texan accent makes him sound even crazier. Like over there, the BBC, a guy with a Texas accent goes on talking this crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, some people were writing in to me that our uh, 42 guitarists are a little 80s heavy. Oh, you gotta love it. Please. That was the time. That was before Tidal Wave was born. What are we going to do for that? What? Put a bunch of laptops up for this generation? <laughs> Here's an iPod, a laptop, and half a DJ. Oh, DJ equipment's old now, I guess. Yeah. Here's a Mac. A Mac iBook. For your best <laughs> laptop rigs, dude. You think people get back to that? <laughs> Unbelievable. 
I'm still straight analog. Good Another thing I do. <laughs> I still at my house. I got a telegraph machine. <laughs> hey, but hey, we're digital smoking though. Forgot about that. Yeah. What happened to those blue ones that we had the other day? Those are disposables. Uh, what Brian are they called? Logic. They're called Logic. Logic cigarettes. Brian from Connecticut sent those in. Those were solid. We ought to have Fezzi get uh, in touch with Logic for us. Tom, we like to talk about them on the air and stuff. Do a show on it. Constantly. We like to do a big show on it. I sent him down to the sales department the other day, but he didn't know what floor they were on. Oh, no. He was just walking around uh, NBC Universal. Said, let us know if you need anything. Let us know if you need anything. Where are you? We're here. Let us know if you need anything. <laughs> what, what company are you with? Let us know if you need anything, anybody. I think I have to call security. This man just keeps saying the same thing over and over again. <laughs> well, let us know if you need anything. All right. So he's, he's, he's <laughs> security. Yeah. Let them know if they need anything. <laughs> they We're need, here. They need to let you know that you got to leave. Let us know. And if you need anything. Look, it's up front, all right? We don't need you walking around here. <laughs> up front. I, I hear him say, oh, I guess was, some lady was like talking about leaving NBC and the elevator. He's like, guess this is your last up front, but you're going to miss it, huh? And they all had a big fucking laugh. <laughs> Here's the thing. Dicks. None of their fucking shows have been picked up during their whole time. She's stealing money. Here's her up fronts from NBC. Yeah, you guys want to um, advertise your show? It's going to last six episodes. <laughs> it's a bargain. I like this uh, girl. Uh, the one who went back to her school to pose nude. And she said she was bullied because everybody made fun of her because she wanted a porn career. So. <laughs> you showed him, sweetheart. Yeah. She so is. she went back, sprayed fucking whipped cream on her tits and stood in front of the school. <laughs> yeah. Got him. She should just do, like, she's just uh, cattle schoolgirl porn. That's it. Well, what they did, they all started to slow clap. <laughs> started light, the back of the auditorium, and then just really picked up to her. <sighs> you go, girl. You're doing it. You're doing it. You're doing everyone. <laughs> Your vagina lips are going to take you to the top of more cocks. <laughs> God bless her. Yeah, hey, she has a dream and she's going after it, you know? She has a cream. <laughs> and she's saying fuck you to her, whatever shitty high school she went to. I think it was Lincoln High or whatever the fucking dumb yeah, things Lincoln, people call their schools. Lincoln Catholic High School. Lincoln Central. Come on. And Lincoln wasn't even Catholic. Seems like an odd name to name a Catholic school. Oh, Boxy. Box, Box. Oh, Boxy, what are you up to now? Plus, you don't want to uh, name your school anything that rhymes with stinking. <laughs> we got to beat stinking next week. Yeah, stinking Lincoln. <laughs> screw them. God damn it. We have no comebacks. <laughs> no, apparently all the girls are porn stars and want to be porn stars in this place. And Boxy with white. He wasn't even a Catholic. I love that fucking girl, though. And she's the best. I'm going to follow her career, you know? I'm going to follow her everywhere. <laughs> I can't wait until she ODs and lays oh. on the floor dead. Or at least has a freak out. I mean, that usually happens. It's usually crystal meth induced. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. 
Loving that speed. <laughs> Who doesn't? No time for sleep. Is that her? Yeah, this is her. I guess this is like a promo picture of she's tried to, you know, get action in the porn game. If I was back in the porn business, I'd hire her in a fucking heartbeat. Back in the porn business? Forget I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you, the fucking NSA? I, you no. follow me around constantly, no. taping everything? Any phone call, <laughs> any email. This prism program. See, it seems like it's God. Like, yeah, whatever this want this program will let you know. Okay? It can't possibly work that well. I see, it, it can't. There's no way. Mm. Let's see if this girl's done any, got any work done. Oh, Val Midwest is her porn name. Okay. Uh, we're now being told that plenty of these guitars are not 80s guitars. There's a Robert Johnson in there. Come on, people. Lucille, the B.B. King guitar. Look, there's E-Man, Elvis. There's Tidal Waves guitar. Oh, hell yeah. One of the, from the When I Come Around performance? Bum, 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 bum. I like to work on the NSA and just fucking watch people around here. That'd be great. Here she is with a... Looks like to be a dildo vibrator. Is that her? Yeah. Is that Boxy? This is Val Midwest. <laughs> oh, she's not going by Boxy anymore. No, she's just putting things in her box. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Here's her website. Just She's just hanging out in the high school just taking her top off. She's great. It's good. She's got a good name, Val Midwest. Doing... Hey, the kid's working. I'll give her that. Yeah, she's making that money. Looks like she hasn't done hardcore yet. Just girl on girl. And, as she puts it, toy time. Uh, she'll get there. Oh, here, wait, hold on. This section just called my pussy. <laughs> hey, for you, uh, for those of you just interested in my pussy, please click here. <laughs> It's the part you want, right? She's got another cam show coming up June 16th. Exciting. Mm -hmm. It's a good idea for her to go get arrested. Get that career, you know, real, some real heat on it. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't have known her. Hell no. Now we're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Found Midwest. Now Boxy's the best. <laughs> Uh, Charlie, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie B, 25, 232, my brother. Uh. Ronnie, we're uh, just driving out of Atlantic City. I can only think of White House subs. So what's your favorite place to grab some chow in Atlantic City, sir? Uh, I think the best thing to eat in uh, Atlantic City is your own arm as you try to break through the trap to get out of there. <laughs> I don't want to say anything that the NSA is paying attention to right now. They're paying attention to everything. Apparently, they've recorded every single text, email, phone call. Do you have anything that you would be ashamed of or worried about that they found? Maybe text messages that are, I'm not going to say legal in nature. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty much it. Anything, you know, anything like that. But, see, here's the thing. They couldn't bust you for it because they had no warrant to get that. 
I guess that's right. And you're just saying, let me know when the Eagles land it. <laughs> and you have those hockey tickets. Yeah. And I got my shirts. They weren't as crisp as I wanted them. <laughs> you motherfucker. You got, you got nothing, NSA. That makes me feel better. Because I always worry about that. We always did the hockey tickets with the... No, is it on the glass? Or I'm in the fucking cheap seats. <laughs> How many steps from the glass is it? Pills or hockey equipment. <laughs> hey, did you get that hockey equipment in? Xanax sticks, get it. <laughs> or the Al Green CD. Oh, that's great. Or Barry White album. <laughs> Like the, so, the, it's so retarded, right? The because the NSA's code crackers aren't going <laughs> to be able to bust through that one. <laughs> bum, bum, bum. Now they're blaming Obama only because he's too stupid to fucking know or stop them. Does, does he know that there's a prison program or that someone comes to him with information? You know, someone has it. Here's a report. Right. This is some some information we got. Well, we forgot to tell you was there's this evil computer program that's listening to everything we're saying right now. He couldn't have possibly known. This kid's fucking back on the planet here. Do, 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 do. You gotta think they're gonna extradite this motherfucker any way they can. I mean, he's made them look like idiots. Yeah, but don't don't you think they'll look bad if they come and get him now? They need him to fucking, you know. Yeah, I guess this is in Russia where they can't just step go on a fucking patch of ice and snap his neck. <laughs> well, there was that like Russian spy that got killed like oh, a few years ago now, where they irradiated a cigarette. They put like, they put like uranium dust in the cigarette, and he smoked the cigarette, and then like died like a month later from like stage three yeah. brain cancer. And yeah, shit. but that's not great. I mean, you know, that's traceable. <laughs> They want to make it look like, no, this dude's okay. Nothing will ever happen to him. We're supposed to have this uh, Ham and Agron that wrote the inside book about Fox News. Yeah. And he had to do public service here in New York for giving away their shit. and wasn't even secrets. Holy shit. Yeah. He basically gave away... At most, setups like, oh, this is them before, during the commercial, having small talk. All right, come on. We, we heard that on PTI when that thing leaked. Exactly. <laughs> but PTI was more interesting. <laughs> Who was behind this booking? Uh, that was myself. I read this book? Yeah. Not a lot here that would surprise you. Really? There's nothing about Fox that you don't already know. Oh. No, no juicy dirt. <laughs> they care about ratings, you know. <laughs> Here's a question. They're obsessed with ratings. <laughs> that makes sense. Their cable yeah. network. Shepard Smith, anything on him? No, they said, you know, Shep is more middle of the road than anybody else. And some people think that he's liberal. And the rumor over there is liberal and or gay, which to them means the same exact thing. <laughs> well, I like Shep Smith. See him all the time smoking. I think he's uh, I think he's a very fine newsman. But, I mean, you know, that's their thing. There's a rumor. It's not even real. Um, 
Spy report. Spy report. Oh, we got some breaking news. Oh, shit. Obama is linked in with the NSA stuff. <laughs> there, if you Spy go report. to it, it's Obama checking people's emails. And it's up on the iBang right now. There he is. All oh. right, now there's some people on their emails. And see in yeah. the middle there? Yeah. That's Obama. Oh, yeah. Now, here's a couple of college kids, and they have, and that's Obama checking their emails. All right, here's a youngster. There's Obama next to him. Yeah, just right next to that laptop. Uh, right over that woman's shoulder, <laughs> Barack Obama. So there you have it for anyone wondering if the president is tied in with this. 100% yes. Wow. Didn't see this thing breaking so soon. No. I'm kind of shocked after I just said that. I'm sure he didn't know. Yeah. Now I feel like a real fucking moron. Seems like he's right on the fucking... He's in the middle of it. Right on the cutting edge of it all. Oh, this prison program. I can't believe it. Disappointed. We all are. I'm saddened. Fucking cell phone email. Wasn't the original cable companies called Prism? I think Showtime used to have a deal where they were called Prism in some places. That's weird. Yeah. Or they bought out Prism. There's a Prism TV service. That's what I'm talking about. I don't trust. I'm sure they're just logging on everything you're watching. I trust our government and all the other governments that are watching us. Yeah, that was another. That was another um, uh, theory thrown out there. That uh, this guy—it's Chinese uh, espionage. This guy's an agent for the Chinese. Double agent. Yeah, double agent. Everyone's freaked out between this and WikiLeaks. We look like shit. Let's see more pictures of that fucking girl. Midwest high school girl. Here, here's a nice on-off. She's good though. She's got talent. Oh yeah. I mean, she had to get out of that damn town. It was holding her back. Now she's doing cam shows. She's getting some publicity for herself by getting arrested by showing them. Prince Harry is a gay icon now because he protected a bullied gay soldier. And said, hey, this was the exact quote. Leave the kid alone. Really? Leave the kid alone. He likes that movie? Yeah. We all do. <laughs> Good. I know he was a big fan. All right. Prince Harry. Well, he, he has to because uh, that whole, like, Nazi. First the Nazi thing where he dressed up as Nazi. Then yeah. the partying in Vegas. He needs to do everything he can to get some good press about himself. I think he was just doing it because it was the decent thing to do, not to try to cover up the Vegas story anymore. Way to slap him down, Boxo. No, this guy's had so much bad press over the years. He's, he knows he's the bad son. Leave the kid alone. He's covering his ass. Here's the part of it that looks bad. A gay soldier can't take care of himself. <laughs> And has to go get help. And they said the gay soldier was crying. Oh, no. <laughs> Your 
you're in the army, they're gonna make you cry over some words. They you're, thought you're, he was gonna get killed. He's in this shit in Afghanistan, and no one's gonna kill him. And he was up against a whole squad by himself. Yeah, but you're in the army, you're not supposed to cry when you're up against the whole squad. You don't see like a World War II movie. We're surrounded, and then the guy starts bawling. Now, man up. Start lining you don't up. watch Platoon and see Willem Dafoe crying, yelling out, there's too many of them. <laughs> you know what? This was a bad idea. I give up. I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> Leave the kid alone. Those VC are pretty mean, huh? Part of it may have been the emotional trauma that it was his own troops trying to hurt him. You expect the enemy to try to kill you. Are you attracted to this guy? He's very good looking, yes. Look, he has some chest hair, though. And so is the hero Prince. Really? Princess. The Prince and his Princess. If fucking Harry marries this guy now, it'd be great. Yeah. The line ends with him. The royal line. <laughs> Who needs a queen? <laughs> and there's one right here. Is that a gay uh, yes, voice that you're doing? <laughs> good one. <clears throat> So you didn't watch the Tonys last night, huh? No, I wasn't watching Tonys. Watch basketball? Watch basketball, yeah. And Game of Thrones was a series finale, or season finale. It was funny because I caught the last second of it when there was dragons flying. Nice. Because I was watching Veep later at night. All right. And all I saw was all the people crowded around there <laughs> and then baby dragons. Yeah. And I honestly said, I'm not I'm going, how can Hicks watch this shit? <laughs> it was actually, the finale was... I'm going to say a lackluster. Not a good uh, season finale. But um, I thought that was quite silly as well. <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. I felt stupid. I still love the show, but I thought that scene was, was shitty. And not very not a good way to go out. They blew their load earlier in the season. Do the dragons talk? No, dragons don't talk. But she can apparently talk to them and give them commands. Thank you. They don't talk, though. They just, you know, screech and breathe fire. Garth, you're on the run of the show. Whoops. Go ahead, Garth. Hey, the newspaper article for that Prince Harry story, the headline was uh, Prince Saves the Queen. Because he was gay, right? <laughs> Jason, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, what's up, Ron Fez and Road Rash? Hey, uh, Ron, isn't a gay soldier and a British soldier pretty much the same thing? Um... That's, I thought Fez would have jumped on that. Well, they do smoke fags over there. That's, I'm not, it's, that's slang. That's, that's their, you know, it's their word for You're it. You're going to stoop to that level? <laughs> yes. Of the old British cigarette joke? They're British. I got a whole long thing. Uh, from Billy Staples about how he never saw anything from you. I have the emails right here. You say you really wanted to come in. There you go. There's three days ago, and there's from yesterday when I didn't hear anything. He goes, I'll reply to Chris and see what he has in store and what bullshit he will say about screwing this up. Okay. I didn't get any calls from him either. Odd, since I'm not impossible to reach. As Fez called me earlier when we spoke. 
basically having a hook, a host doing booking jobs also. Mm. Well, if um, everyone remembers last time, he refused to answer any of my emails last time he came in because apparently I shouldn't have to book him in. So Did you know if I was talking to him? Oh, I, I contacted him or I, I attempted to. I emailed him and I said, hey, Fez, Billy isn't getting in touch with me. Do you, I thought maybe he had another email or something. And then I emailed him again. No answer, no answer. Well, didn't he want to come in the 27th anyway? I thought it was, I thought it was the 10th today for, the, today for the anniversary or whatever. Anniversary of what? Being out of work. <laughs> so I am not in the wrong here. Because I'll admit when I'm wrong. And it's most of the time is when I'm wrong. He writes really long letters. Yeah. Yeah, he does. I'd call them manifestos. He said that when he was with me, I didn't have to do anything. He took care of everything. That's, oh, yeah. That is true. <laughs> is it? Mm -hmm. It was very hardcore about preparation and knowing stuff. Yeah. Well, I know his email. I emailed him a few times. That's on him to answer me back. I don't think he did. Because <laughs> he would have seen it. <laughs> Why didn't you try to call him? I don't have his number. I only have his email. Fez had it. I'll call him next time to book him. Apparently, from what he's saying, there's not going to be a next time. Oh. And he said he wishes he was prepping the show today instead of writing this email. <laughs> I know he does. And then he brings up cross-training, which what? I think is a little shot at Rob Cross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I take shots at the cross, man. Oh, now all of a sudden you're on board. <laughs> People writing in, thanks for having Hicks suck that stick right in the microphone. Too. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'll just put it away. I can't have that. I'll just do a break. <laughs> 42 uh, guitars. Little Guitars is up on the iBank today. Who's our uh, who's our guys today? We got Shelby and Ba. Oh, send me Ba in. Ba, come on in, buddy. My name is There's Bob. What's going on? Well, your big prediction of San Antonio last night did not come true. <laughs> well, the Spurs, I think their mission was just to get one. Right. And they did that the first game. They were in it in the second game, but uh, there was... But the, don't you agree with me? Like, once it started to seem like, hey, this thing's getting away from us, they just said, fuck it. 
That's, you know? what, that's what San Antonio does. I mean, when they have big when they have big leads in the regular season, they bench their guys. Mm-hmm. When a blowout happens, Popovich yanks Parker, Ginobili, and Duncan. I mean, I think the Spurs are very uh, analytical. We get one, we do our job, we go home. See, we can get two. We have to get two at home, otherwise the series is probably over. Uh, so, what do you think is? Because I've said this before, I think LeBron plays better on the road. He's I tough. don't know what it is. Maybe he doesn't like wearing white, but I think he plays better on the road. I think LeBron gets very stressed. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on him. Clearly, he's not uh, the mentally toughest player in the league. He's not like Kobe, even though he's getting tougher and tougher. On the road, it's easier for him, and sometimes I think he strives on the hate. And I think he would love to jump up and block Tiago's splitter on the road in San Antonio. I think that gets him going. It was so great to see that. And, again, there was a hell of a lot of defense on Miami last night. But that fucking block was... Because you look up at that and you're like, well, you could break your wrist trying to stop that uh, play. He's a freak. And he just stopped it cold. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> I know, it's absurd. And Thiago Splitter, you know, he's not a great elevator. He's legitimate, right. legitimately seven feet. It's not like he he stuffed a six two guard. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> and really right an inch away from the basket. He's a freak. He's a freak. Last night the Spurs they really, really struggled though, separate from their mailing it in at the end. Ginobili looks terrible. He's shooting well, but he almost had the ball stripped from him four or five different times. And they don't really seem to have an answer for the guard play. Mario Chalmers has been great on defense. And LeBron and Wade have been revitalized. And Chris Bosh actually played tough for the first time in about three weeks. Everybody played better offensively than LeBron. I mean, if you would have said, here's LeBron's numbers, what happened in that game? All you get is LeBron's numbers. You're like, oh, well, they fucking lost that one, huh? Yeah. What was interesting, last night Jeff Van Gundy was talking about how LeBron was most effective as a screener and as a decoy last night. The Spurs sent a lot of double teams at him. And when you send the double team at them, they leave their shooters open. Allen, Miller, Chalmers have been fantastic, especially Mike Miller. He was two for two in the first half, six points. He was great from three. And they space the floor so well. It's extremely difficult to defend everyone, especially when you have guys like LeBron away that could pass. Well, the game came apart, but it was actually a good game up until that point. I mean, you, it was going back and forth, bucket to bucket to bucket all night. And then all of a sudden it kicked in, and I'm like, oh, why didn't I ever put it on the Tony Awards and <laughs> fucking King of Thrones? Game of Thrones. What's the difference? It's a Game of Thrones. What do you think is gayer? Tony Awards or gay, Game of Thrones? What's Tony Awards? Tony Awards. I'm a Game of Thrones guy myself, so yeah. I, right. I hear you. So you you both are saying <laughs> it's not gay only because you watch it. Self-preservation, Ron. That's what okay, it's all about. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know that uh, gay people aren't preserved. <laughs> I watched the Tony Awards that one year when uh, uh, Matt and Trey were, were nominated for a bunch of stuff. For, was it two years ago? I think it was two years ago, yeah, for a Book of Mormon. You saw that, right? Mm-hmm. He had, that crazy, he had that crazy black sequin jacket on or something. That was, oh, it yeah. was strange. Yeah, no one dresses up weird on Game of Thrones. <laughs> Or flamboyantly. No one's calling um, Matt and Trey gay either. They're just comedics. That's all. So we go back to San Antonio. Who's going to take 
two out of three because no one's going three at all there, right? I think the Spurs. If uh, let's put it this way, if they don't win Game Three, they're in a lot of trouble. If the Spurs take two out of three, they win this thing because Miami's not going to come back and win two in Miami. Oh, they might. Uh, you know, it's tough. A lot of times, the best player wins the series. And LeBron hasn't, even though he had the triple-double game mm. one, he has not even maxed out yet. No, that's true. And they had their hands full when he played well in game one. He played poorly in air quotes game two. And we haven't even seen him go off yet. You know he's going to go off. X, you've yeah. picked this in six, right? In six, yeah. So you're ready for two out of three to go Miami's way. Yeah. If he's correct. Yeah. And San Antonio's wins two out of three. Yeah. You honestly think that Miami is going to come back and win two at home with that pressure on them to win six <laughs> and then the pressure to win seven? I think it's too much. Uh, the Spurs just have all the, so much more experience than them. You'd have to think the Spurs, since they already took one at home mm-hmm. nicely, like they, they had that game, right. you'd think the Spurs are going to have a great chance. I mean, if, they, if I don't think the Heat, if the Heat don't do it in six. I think, I think Miami has to take two out of three. Have to. They're too dangerous. Yeah, it's too scary to come back but ex- and think we got to win two in a row. Experience is one of those funny things. The Spurs have a very young team. For the exception of Parker, Ginobili, Duncan, and maybe Boris Dia, they don't have a ton of playoff experience. This Heat team has been to three consecutive finals. I don't think they're getting spooked. I mean, they are. If they play the well, the way they played defense last night, it will be extremely difficult for San Antonio to win. The way that you're talking. They should have taken two at home. But everything that you're saying, if it was true, that team doesn't drop the opening game. They didn't play defense in game one the way they played defense in game two. All right. But you're still willing, to, say, even though you're saying all this, that they're going to give up two out of three. Oh, the, I mean, the Spurs aren't a pushover. Mm-hmm. And they are a well-balanced team. I mean, Danny Green last night hit five threes in a row, and he wasn't even in the league two years ago. He was in the D-League. They have these players that come out of nowhere that are offensively gifted. You make me feel like to bet the Spurs right now. <laughs> um, Eastside Dave went Miami in seven. Yeah. I don't know anyone picking the Spurs, though. People don't. They don't. They can't see past last year. Yeah. A lot of the analysts uh, you know, on ESPN, they've liked the Spurs. I know Stephen A. Smith picked the Spurs in seven. That's a tough pick. Yeah, it is. It's tough to close out LeBron at home. Well, it's it's fun. It's it's goddamn fun. And then this week, I mean, lock yourself in for this when the doctor documentary comes on the NBA channel. That's all I actually want to see. <laughs> they do great stuff. The uh, the Dream Team one was fantastic. Fantastic. That was terrific. And the other one where they went back and uh, it was Magic and Bird. That was a lot of fun. When they were busting their balls for uh, throw that McDonald's commercial where he came in to the stuff. Because no one, I guess, had ever done that kind of thing before. <laughs> where guys from different teams did a commercial together. Because in the old days, you just hated people on the other teams. Especially guys that are rivals. I mean, I know Bird and Magic were friends and are friends to this day. Right. They played against each other in college in the finals. I don't know. Yeah, they should have hated each other. They should have, exactly. They're very unique. Were you, Higgs, were you a magic person or a bird person? Bird. So just based on skin color. <laughs> well, my father really liked Larry Bird. Based on skin color. Well, yeah, I'll, I'll say that to him, yeah. 
<laughs> it might have been based on Hicks's inability to dunk. That could have been oh. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, you're, like he's That's crunching it. True. Like no, he's, he's right. It. He's right. You can't fucking dunk. No, I can't. He got you. It's <laughs> an obvious right. statement. The interns don't respect you, and they, and they shouldn't. Everyone should respect me. Uh, Belmont. Now, this is fucked up. Three different horses, three different races. Yeah. How's that exciting? Uh, it was just um, just an awful season for three-year-old horses. I mean, no one, there was nothing strong. Everyone was saying orb before the Kentucky Derby, and then same everyone was saying orb for for the uh, stakes. But it was just a weak class this year. That's all. That's all it was. Three crazy long shots. Three crazy long shots and one crazy summer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, this piece is up on the iBank. Now, Tony Lukes did the, they tried to have the record for the world's largest uh, chicken cheesesteak. But what they did was rather than make one giant chicken cheesesteak, yeah. they made all small ones and lined them up end to end and then sold them separately for charity. That cheap Cheat or real? Cheat. And that makes the charity look like shit, too, for taking any of the money. Because this ain't—it's a, a bunch of sandwiches put together. It's a platter. It ain't a fucking giant <laughs> cheesesteak. This is full of shit. You can't so, bullshit marketing ploy. They can go to hell. So you're not happy about it? No, and that—that that charity shouldn't—if that charity has any, any sort of just what? morals, <laughs> they will not take that money. They will give it back. Based on the fact that they were separate little six-inch sandwiches. Yeah, these are lies. They, this is lie money that they would be taking. All right, so we put a poll up to see how people agreed here. And you're with 96% of the audience right now. Good. Only 3% says you could do this. It's not 100-foot chicken cheesesteaks. It's a bunch of little cheesesteaks. I will say this. The real lie comes in is where you think you can use the term chicken cheesesteak. Oh, yeah, if there's no steak in it at all, <laughs> it's a chicken sandwich. This They should have found a 100-foot giant baking oven and then made a one piece of bread. And right, that, you know what? I heard you. I gotta go over to Boxy, though. Bok, bok. They were the ones that put this all together in a 100-foot-long sandwich. It's not a 100-foot-long no. sandwich. No one else went to the trouble of doing this. I say give it to them. It's really a six-inch sandwich. Just, yeah, well, it's a bunch of them. It's a, a bunch of centipede of fucking sandwiches. It's all, and all you did was make all your sandwiches for the day at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, instead of making these fresh, we've made them all at the same time. Please come in and help yourself to one. Oh, by the way, they're five bucks a piece. Oh, give me a break. They were going to cut it up anyway for charity and sell it. But the whole point of the longest sandwich is because it is the longest. Like, you couldn't have the two, the, the tallest three-year-old in a row and then have three three-year-olds laying down from fucking head to feet. This That's stinks. cheating. This stinks like shit. I you went this. too far, though. Don't you think? <laughs> no. Did you say now it stinks like shit? Yeah. No, this is the whole thing. I'm sure. I wonder if this charity even exists. No, it sounds you're... like it's just a whole ruse. What oh. is the name of the charity? <sighs> Let me find it. You're angry. Yeah, I'm pissed off. Good for the charity, though. I mean, uh, the, the fucking Washington Township High School's project graduation. That is real. 
<laughs> They're trying to get those kids to graduate. They're doing what they can. Well, why do they need money to graduate? Just fucking read your goddamn textbook and take a test. Maybe they can't afford textbooks. It's please. They can share. <laughs> they well, can you know share. what they had to come up with? World's tallest textbook by taking all the textbooks <laughs> in the school and stacking them. Oh, listen. All right. Project graduation is an event held by the high school as a drug and alcohol-free. Don't run down a charity. Your biggest problem yeah. is whether. And not this is one sandwich or not. Ninety-six percent of the people agree with you. No. Now, when you go up and attack charities that are trying to keep kids off of drugs, okay. you're going in the wrong direction. All right. We should have a new poll. Is Hicks out of line? Yes or no? Oh, we don't we even need him. No. Yeah. We don't even need that poll. Right. I don't even need to hear it to say yes. He's out of line. <laughs> no. But and the, I'm glad the intern's pointing it out. But the question is, can we get more than ninety-seven point oh one percent to say yes? <laughs> no. I've never seen anything. I mean, He's run away. Is Hitler a bad guy? You're not going to look at those kind of numbers. You're going to have some pro-Hitler vote in there. Well, Probably 8-9%. Yeah. I mean, these are embarrassing numbers, Tony Luke. I'm with the 3% on this one. I think they took all <laughs> these sandwiches. <laughs> About the same. I don't think so. I don't think 3%. Oh, you're counting by checks? Yeah. All right. This whole operation suspect. That's the name of it. We should send you That's out the there. charity. We should send Hicks out there. It'll be like a uh, an investigative report. <laughs> so, what do you think about your bullshit longest <laughs> sandwich in the world, huh, Tony? Actually, you could be a D Detroit fucking news guy. Did you see that guy on this thing? This is the best local news guy I've ever seen in my life. Um. Yeah, let, let me set the whole table for you, first of all. So this NBC station, <laughs> they go out and uh, they, they try to say, all right, we're going to stage a robbery and use a cop as the robber and then see how many people see what happened. So while they're doing this purse snatching, they just happen to be an FBI guy there fucking filling up gas, he's ready to shoot fucking bullets into a goddamn cop. So the local Fox affiliate went over to check out this story. But you have to also check out how lax and laid back Fox is in Detroit. Fox 2 News. News that works for you. This is the coolest on the street guy I've ever seen in my life. attention to detail goes real bad real quick. The experiment had a Detroit police officer posing as a purse snatcher. Not factored into the scenario, an FBI agent who wasn't in on the plan. Here's Fox 2's Charlie LaDuff. An FBI agent almost shot a Detroit cop yesterday at this gas station while filling up. It wasn't the agent's fault and it wasn't the cop's fault. It was the cop's bosses who came up with the lame brain idea to simulate a purse snatching and then invite a TV crew. Uh, stop it for a second. He looks exactly like the actor from Stranger from Paradise. Stranger than Paradise. Remember that old uh, movie in the 80s? It was the, it was the beginning of independent film in the 80s. This guy's the coolest. Play a little more of him. Crew ...to film your reaction, Detroit. Well... The immediate supervisor of these cops had no idea this was going on until they called him all pissed off. The event takes place, the officer takes the purse, runs around the, uh, the gas station as he's running an off-duty uh, FBI agent is pumping gas. He witnesses the whole thing, he gets chased, he pulls his weapon, 
and uh, as he turns the corner around of the gas station, uh, he's stopped by another officer who identifies herself as a police officer and that uh, don't shoot, don't shoot, this is a scenario. That's the same description of events we got from four other ranking law enforcement officials, including Lieutenant Chuck Flanagan. A uh, Jason wants to give us some um, up, update on this guy. Jason in Detroit, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron Fez, Pat. I apologize for calling right back. I didn't realize you were going to do this story. This reporter you guys are talking about, back at St. Patrick's Day this past year, downtown at the big festival, he got arrested for public urination and <laughs> Um, because somebody uh, somebody tried to tell him and his brother you can't pee here, and it was a under, I believe it was an undercover cop. So sure. they started brawling, and they were both arrested. I love this guy, man. It was off. Uh, I believe one of the, those reports should be on YouTube. Just punching his name and like something like drunk in public or whatever. He's the best. It's, yeah, he's uh, he's he's just a crazy guy. Yeah, you're you're insane if you don't watch his news every night. You live in Detroit. <laughs> I wouldn't miss anything. All right, guys, punch it out. Peace. Uh, I just saw Hard Rock Johnny disappear on me there. He was up for a second and then gone. Oh, Somebody right. must have came in and needed him. Right. Hard Rock Johnny's like a fucking superhero over at the Hard Rock. Sometimes the Hard Rock alarm goes off. They have an alarm? In his head. And his heart. Love all, serve all. Why do you say it like you're gay? That's your gay voice again. Love all things. You know, Boxy's stuck in a thing. Boxy, you need a, a, a Teddy Roosevelt plug to just uh, pull you out of this. You need to find a Teddy Roosevelt quote that is going to give you the un... Don't go looking for it, because that just makes it look like you're doing something. <laughs> but you need a quote that's going to get you out of this whole thing. All right, now, this is happening in Chicago right now. Uh, they want to take littering and make it a $1,500 fine. What? Now, as you know, they have, they have solved every other crime in Chicago. Now that they've gotten to that point where murder and rape are off the table, they can start and really pay attention to the small things, littering. This is ridiculous. I guess to try and pull that like quality of life, quality of life things where it's just big ridiculous fines for small things. Like, did he, like that's how they cleaned up whatever Times Square, where you couldn't even carry a beer in a brown paper bag anymore, which is that, totally retarded. I don't retarded. know if you ever could. I think it was always against the law. Crazy. The open containers has <laughs> been around my, my entire life. Just because your dad and mom were doing it just doesn't make it legal. Oh, I, I'm totally blown away right now. <laughs> I never saw the open container law in New York. <laughs> Fifteen hundo though for a for a dropping a piece of paper on the ground. Again, they fixed everything else in Chicago. How many people got shot this? I weekend? love it. They don't want their city being a trash heap. Fifteen hundred dollars is fine. Just don't litter. They, it's really easy not to litter. They shoot children there. <laughs> There's something to focus on. Every weekend, 20 babies are shot in the face in Chicago. It looks bad when you're going a 1,500-hour littering. They don't have the they don't have the cops to solve any any one a single gun crime there. So they're gonna have the cops to start giving out tickets to people for throwing shit on the ground. 
This is bullshit. To go with the jack of all trade method. We're going to hit a little <laughs> bit of everything, but not solve anything. It's hysterical. This came out of nowhere, too. <laughs> I mean, right now, Chicago is the. Uh, I would hate to say, I would say laughing stock, except for the fact that it's sad. But they cannot stop these kids from shooting each other, so they're going to bring up littering. And I don't think it's going to pass, not because people are pro-littering, but the punishment has to somewhat meet the crime. And 1500 just seems like it's a little out of control. Yeah. It's going to kill people. Well, like, let's face it here. Let's suppose some guy, he's walking down the street. He's eating a sandwich and napkin goes down on the ground. He didn't mean to do it. Cop grabs him anyway. That's his napkin. $1,500 fine. This dude don't have it, right? Uh-huh. So he now has to do the time for it oh. to pay off the 1500 you really don't want people in jail because in the windy city, the guy's <laughs> napkin blew out of his hand. That's the weird thing about it. You cannot look down and say, uh, uh, poor people are going to be able to spend the $1,500. Um, Mike in Chicago, you're on the Run of Fed show. Hey, guys. Yeah. Um, really, this whole thing is meant to help clean the city up. And the big thing is, Murders aren't going to be solved in this city. So what they're doing is they're putting the onus on the people that do the murders. you got to pick up after yourself. you got to pick up the shell casings. you got to dispose of the body. No longer is the city going to take care of your mess. All right, so lay some plastic out and shoot your people there. And most of these are drive-bys that are just shooting up carriages. There are so many babies shot in that city, I can't begin to think about it. It's just called Stray Bullet. It's just the new name of Chicago. <laughs> That's the Indian name. Chicago <laughs> means Stray Bullet and Apache. I think a cleaner city might lead people to less crime. What makes you think the $1,500 is going to make a cleaner city? Do you think people litter because they can't pay the seventy-five or whatever it is now? I doubt it. I doubt that's the thing. But... You could say, look, we can fix the speeding by anyone caught speeding gets a $25,000 fine. You would be able to bring the speeding down in every single city. But, it does, but it's not fucking fair. At something, there has to be a fairness to what you're talking about. No one is pro-littering. I don't think I've ever littered in my life Except for leaving beer bottles in the woods uh, when I was a kid drinking. Happens. I will fucking cop to that. That's I a think $14 a lot of people fine. are. I think a lot of people are pro littering. I see my neighborhood on you know. That's case. On a Monday after There's condom wrappers out there everywhere. Old poppers. Wait, what am I saying? Condoms. <laughs> <laughs> and the neighborhood gets trashed around different bars. I bet it does. Um, here is, uh, Bob, Strong Island, you're on Run the Fed Show. BAC 200. All right, bro. Hoo-ah! All right. Listen, that Project Graduation is an all-night party. It's no charity. 
It's their graduating party. Oh, so that's what they do so the kids don't go and drink right, and do drugs on their own. They get right. fucking bands for them. What kid would go to that? I, I got news for you. I don't. I'm most mad about calling a cheesesteak and throwing chicken in there instead. <laughs> well, it's kind of like a chicken steak. You know, right? It's like a cow and a chicken. Yeah, what? but here's the thing. I could say surf and turf, but I'm replacing the lobster with some eggs. <laughs> and it's not surf and turf anymore. This a whole, ridiculous name. This whole operation stinks. The whole thing. The whole, the whole thing. Stay off of that. Right. And just focus on the chicken. Stop attacking charities. All right. Um, here's Connor in Santa Barbara. You're on the Run of Fed show. Hey, guys, this littering law is genius. It, it totally correlates to all the murdering kids leaving all those bullet shells everywhere. This, see, this is a, another uh, big part of this. You know they're not going to be copping this on the south side. This is a north side. Let's keep the north side nice and pretty. I've been to the north side of Chicago. It's gorgeous. Yeah. There's no fucking littering problem there. <laughs> There's, this is just going to create more bureaucracy and more people in court systems for throwing shit on the ground. And again, what do you do when you have people who don't have 1500 They don't care. Community service? There's going to be a huge increase in community service. But you got to sit and do time... Before you get in front of a judge, you got to do two, three days before you get in front of a judge if you don't have the 1500 That's ridiculous. And at least 24 hours you're going to be locked up before you see a judge. And then what if they, they get fired from their job for that or something? And then they're even they're doubly fucked. It, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I ain't never going to Chicago now. There is the whole thing of the punishment has to fit the crime. And it doesn't seem like this is fair. Again, I don't know anyone who's pro-littering. I don't think anyone thinks littering is a good idea. But if we said, look, anyone caught littering gets hit with a stick, like in Singapore. Everyone would say, well, that's unfair. I feel the same way about the 1500 it seems like an arbitrary number to just throw out there. Uh, 1500 bucks. Well, That's obviously, whatever the fine was before wasn't working. People are still littering enough for this to become uh, a new fine. But you think that the fines are what stops people? That's the fucking point there. I don't know if that's true. I don't know whether it has to do with fine. It has to do with what the way you were raised and what you think a community is for. I wouldn't leave my shit behind anywhere. Some people have no problem with it. Plus, people figure out ways to get around some of these things. Like in Arizona, they had the uh, photo enforcement, and people started wearing, like, masks and different outfits and get-ups to not be recognizable. Wow. You say you can't wear a mask in New York City. You can't wear a mask at all. You can't even put a fucking ski mask on. If I saw someone walking down the street, I would be like, like what's that guy doing? Yeah. The guy's obviously going to commit a crime. Is this for me or are you going into that bank? Yeah. <laughs> we don't even sell pantyhose in New York City anymore. Uh, Tony, you're on the Run of Fez show. Listen, Ronnie, I know that Shameless is a fiction, fictional TV show, but it's pretty indicative of Chicago, and I don't think this thing's going to work. Well, it is of the south side of Chicago, not everyone in Chicago. Um, 
Alright, people are telling us that that guy that we were looking at, Charlie Leduff, uh, Leduff is his name? Yeah, Leduff. He's also a writer, and he had a book called Detroit, an American Autopsy. I gotta go check him out more now. You alright, Hicks? Yeah. You're the only person I ever saw <coughs> fucking choke on an e-cigarette. How you doing that? There he goes. Pulling hard. Pulling hard. That was weird. So you injured yourself smoking an e-cigarette. Which moments before, by the way, you told us you were done smoking. <laughs> Bob, you're in charge of this now. You hold down the booth. What's that? Bob's in charge of the e-cig. My ace. <coughs> e-cig, I think he was trying oh, to say. Oh, God. <laughs> you're in charge of the e-cig right oh, now. Oh, God, that's still not your voice. No, it's not. You want to write it down for us? Uh, yeah. The e-cigarette hurt you? Let's say, Bob, you're in charge of the e-cig now. Keep in booth. Thank no you. No problem. And that's the point of that. I didn't get a smiley face. Thanks. Here's Joe in Chicago. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, boy, you love you, love your show. First time caller, so if I'm nervous, just laugh at me, please. I'm calling from Chicago, and the big Mayor Daly FU two years ago when he left this bag of poop in Ron's lap was he sold off the Skyway, which is making four bucks per car every time they cross, and he sold off a big chunk of the downtown parking to two private contractors to seal a hole in the gap in the budget so he looks like a good guy leaving out the door. But the problem is they got to make that revenue up, so that's where the whole reason this whole thing came into place is they got to make up literally like $14 billion every other year. They didn't think about the back end of this. Yeah. Well, why don't they just do it the way they do it in New York? Is have a brigade of parking fucking Nazis running around attacking cars. They're a rape gang, is what they are. Because they just bang people all day long and take all your fucking money. Rape gang. Well, what's funny about them is they're not really cops. So you could just see them getting verbally abused by people. Just screamed at in the street. It's one of my favorite things is the stop for a moment. And just watch those guys get... I was in the fucking car, you asshole! Not my fault. Here's a ticket. And here's another one. Ugh. Here's John. You're on the Run Fest show. Hey, buddies. I wanted to add in. Uh, there was something I read online, and I've uh, seen a couple pictures about it. You can use a high-powered, like, small infrared LED light. The battery attached to, like, in a cap. And you can block out. It'll create a, a white, fuzzy circle around your face on a digital digital camera. And that's, like, that's what they use for CCTV. Mm -hmm. so you can block your face out. Just FYI for anybody who cares. It's right. Instead of using a mask. Well, I'll tell you the spy report. Uh -oh. Spy report. Oh, Jesus. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Uh, Josh in Miami, you got a spy report on us. It's hot and humid in Miami, and the spy report is just in. Chad Johnson, formerly known as Ocho Cinco, was in court today for a probation hearing. Was winning that hearing, and then slapped his lawyer on the butt, so the judge gave him thirty days in jail. Thirty days in the hole. <laughs> Now, is lawyer a male or female? Female, I believe. Oh, okay, well, what's the problem? <laughs> uh, we'll have to take a look at this. Chad, one time, Ocho, Cinco, 30 days.
in Miami. Violate probation. What a crazy asshole. At Florida, though, it's easy to violate probation there. Yeah. Everyone, <laughs> Everyone is violating probation. <laughs> oh, Ocho. That guy's career is totally falling apart. What career? He's done. I know. It's unbelievable, though. It's over. That's pretty believable. Well, the thing that happened to him isn't all this nuttiness. The thing that happened to him is just getting older. Just didn't have it anymore. When he went to New England, it was pitiful. Yeah, he went three catches. It was just really depressing. <laughs> it was all the McDonald's. He famously used to eat McDonald's like six days a week. Yeah, he did. He still stayed in shape, but you can't beat that fucking time. Well, they also when he when he started with that last season, they just said he. Couldn't get the playbook together. You just couldn't understand it. It's bad. He didn't know what he was doing. And then he got well, he got released on Hard Knocks, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah that, of that season. Well, he got fucked. He he like beat up his chick or something, right? Yeah. <laughs> but you saw him getting his ass beat in practice. <laughs> you saw rookies abusing him. Well, he also famously uh, there's a rumor that his GPA coming out of a uh, Oregon State because he junior college transferred was like a zero point zero. He left after his junior year. That's the rumor. I don't know. Fat, dumb, and stupid is no way to go through life. <laughs> As a wide receiver, <laughs> Bluto. He's got he's got the fucking Bluto zero point zero, <laughs> zero point zero. He'll always have that. Well, we're not gonna drop any lower. We know that. All right, Fez, you put up a Teddy Roosevelt for yourself, right? Yes. This is the Fez Watley thing. In the moment of decision, the best thing you can do is the right thing. The next best thing you can do, the wrong thing. And the worst thing that you can do is nothing. Theodore Boxy Roosevelt said that. <clears throat> Wise words, T-Dog. He prefers Boxy. Boxy. <laughs> or T-Box. I like T-Box. Well, we all do. Not quite as strong as Speak Softly, Carry a Big Stick, but... I think it makes even more sense. Because you go walking around with places with a big stick, and people are going to think you're a fucking lunatic. <laughs> that dude, everywhere he goes, he's got a big stick. We better pull him over. <laughs> um, this is another chance for fuck-ups to get in the way... Uh, the tennis final was interrupted by protesters in France who ran out wearing opera masks and had flares in their hand. They, if you're in Europe, you have flares. They must, they must do huge business there because everyone's constantly busting out a flare at any sort of event. Now, anybody know what they were protesting against? Because I saw this this morning. They were anti-gay marriage, which had just passed in France. I know Bach would know. And the people of France said now that they've seen these guys with opera uh, masks and flares, they are going to rethink the whole thing. Good. That's not Look, going to we, stop them. we got to do something to stop gay marriage. All right, listen to me. And this might sound a little crazy. Yeah. We go to the French Open. Okay. <laughs> okay. We grab flares. Yeah. And try to run out on the court. How's this going to help us? Well, wait, wait. Yeah. We're wearing opera masks. All right. They're going to know who we are anyway when we get busted. 
Yeah, I know, but it, we're going to go down for a good cause. Don't you think we're ripping off Anonymous? I think it's hysterical. And it makes me kind of re-examine this gay marriage thing. Why would that make you re-examine Because I never it. thought of it. Flares, opera mess. Yeah. I mean, it's a fucking slippery slope now. Definitely. If this is happening because of that, come <laughs> yeah. on. What's next? What needs to be re-examined is tennis security. It's the sport where they've actually had a participant stabbed on the court. How long ago? All right. Probably Nin- 10, 20 years. 10, 20. Boy, we're not even... (laughs) Just 10 or 20. So we're not giving them credit for years. No one else has gotten stabbed. And now some idiot had a flare, which, by the way, he was grabbed in seconds. He got very close to Nadal. Oh, Nadal Oh, he did not. And he wasn't after him, anyway. (laughs) He was just... Maybe, Maybe they are just giant Roger Federer fans. Not that it helped them. I'm going to look into that. I think it's fucking hysterical. I think it's the first exciting thing to happen in in 10 or 20 years, tennis. Somewhere in the 10, 20, or 200 years. Wow. Since Celis was uh, attacked. He should have write the kids are all right instead of kids' rights. And then just, like, you know, and have that blasting. <laughs> I don't mind. Uh, Tom, you're on the Run of Fez show. Morning, gentlemen. Yeah. It's ironic that Fez came up with a quote that said that the worst thing that you can do is nothing. And for the last five years, 90% of the time, Fez has done nothing on the air. It doesn't mean it's not still good advice. Take it then, Fez. That everyone should adhere to, including myself. Maybe if you spoke smaller, quicker sentences might help. And let it just lay out there with the dry, with just dead air it. Or just one word at a time. Either way, it'll be fine. What day did you get fucked up, Chris? Saturday. Hmm. That was the day you're supposed to be working with Dave? <laughs> Took the day off. You guys didn't work Saturday? Uh, Dave came in. And you just took a day off to drink. Oh no! I, it was that. It was a, It was a wedding party that had been for, for a, planned for a while. That I who got married. Uh, it was a, f- a wedding anniversary for my girlfriend's parents. Oh, yeah. how many years? Forty. Wow. Yeah. Did anybody say to you, "Hey"? <laughs> no, I tried to just stay at the open bar. Smart move. Most of the moves I make are smart. Uh, <laughs> Highly <laughs> debatable. Oh, shit! You're being a real cunt today, Bob. You know I that? Fucking, uh, seriously, I love the kid's fucking machismo that he comes in with. Yeah, it's, it's. I don't know where it comes from. The thing is, you guys are almost wearing matching shirts, which is kind of fun. <laughs> um, Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. I uh, love the show. Well, honey, you're right. Nobody's into tennis anymore. When I was a kid, you'd have to wait maybe 30 minutes to get on the court. There'd be eight courts in my neighborhood. You can go down there tonight, and it's nothing but the crickets out there. Nobody gives a shit about tennis. When did it peak? It peaked uh, probably with Billie Jean King when she played the old man. Like late 70s. McEnroe, yeah. McEnroe, Connors, Borg. Bjorn Borg. 
I got to research again what Agassi Sampras. That's late '80s, going in the '90s. But people then were going, you know, what was even better than this? <laughs> and now there aren't any real American. Well, I guess for the. the, the, the Here's one of the problems it. I think. If you go back and watch those other things, there would be volleys that would go on for a while. Tennis got to the point where just guys were just fucking nailing these serves. Ace after ace after ace. Yeah. yeah. And it kind of they lost people in it. They should make them return to like a wooden racket or something. They also lost the best athletes. I mean, a lot of other athletes are playing sports like basketball. Now, baseball has this problem. There's a shortage of African Americans that are playing baseball. No one's missing them, though. Because now we have an abundance of fucking Dominicans. Right. But domestically, is my point. Well, there's also too many major leaguers. There's just too many people in that league. You can't expect everybody to be great. Make it harder to get in. I would do that with every sport. I would just get rid of teams. Just disband franchises left and right. Well, hockey's the poster child. There's at least six hockey teams that don't need to exist. Boy, you attack hockey every single week and it hurts people. Every single week you come in here, he you give care. another shot to this dying sport <laughs> to take them down instead of being there for them. What has hockey done for me? That's the way I look at it. That's true. What? Not going to bat for hockey. They know nothing for me. Pez is following his Roosevelt quote right now. Here's uh, Matt, Long Island. You're on the Running Fez show. Hey, what's up, Ronnie? Um, those uh, those traffic guys that you were making fun of, they used to, I don't know if you remember, they used to wear brown uniforms, and we everyone used to call them brownies. They looked like UPS yeah. guys. And uh, people used to kick their ass all the time, like not just yell at it. People used to jump out of the car and beat the shit out of them. And they petitioned to the city saying, we need to wear police uniforms so people might be afraid of us, so people stop kicking our ass so much. So the police department hates that because we hate them, and they hate us, and they... They love to write tickets to cops. Like, if they see a police plaque, they'll go out of their way to, like, write even more to them because they hate us, we hate them. I had no idea it got that bad be be between. Yeah, we won't even let them in our fraternal or or organization. All right, thanks. Peace. Yeah, I don't. I know that they're not cops. I get that. I mean, there's they don't go around stopping crimes. They probably cause more crimes from just domestic abuse. Quite a few of them, the ones in my neighborhood. And they come in all at the same time, just like a gang, just yeah. swooping in, writing tickets. But a lot of them don't even speak English. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> come on. My neighborhood uh, has this thing of, you know, of cars like pulling out when, there's, when the uh, street cleaner gets there and then pulling back in. So you're only unparking yourself for a second, or people just go and sit in their car during that time that they're supposed to be off the street. Yeah. Which they'll sometimes hand people tickets for that. Yeah. Yeah. Give a guy a ticket for sitting in his fucking car with the car running. That's care. when you know they need money. <laughs> That's around the end of the month. Mm -hmm. This is when they really just go buck wild. That's insane. And it is just about money. It isn't about anything else but money. The other day, I finally f saw my first person 
riding a, a city bike in Midtown. One so far I saw. And that dude was driving straight across against the traffic. <laughs> I was cracking up. Because I can't wait till someone gets fucking whacked and then everyone yells at Bloomberg for it. That old lady didn't know what she was doing. Um, Bernard, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what up, Ron? Yeah, Simon Kyle on um, Britain's Got Talent, the season finale. Some chick came on stage and just started pelting them with eggs and shit. <laughs> now, I would just say this immediately. What are the odds that that's a work? A hundred. A hundred How did she get the eggs up there? Because yeah, she's a plant. Yeah. Because exactly. she's a fucking she was... summer intern. They're desperate. They just, they'll do anything. They don't care. They know it's all. It's all. I mean, down. it's one. If you wanted to get to him, how wouldn't you come up behind him? Why would you go right center fucking stage and throwing eggs? Would it be easier to come out of the audience and put an egg in the back of his head? They'll find out she's a con. She was a contracted worker. Of course, or she was. It's fucking wrestling. Probably didn't go through security. That's probably how the audience couldn't do it. Yeah, because there's no security to come backstage during the shooting of a major fucking TV show. Unless you work there. So that's what we're saying. That I know, but I mean, you know, maybe, hired. Oh, that she wouldn't be the first girl or guy that got around security. Yeah, it, but it doesn't make sense to walk out on the middle of the stage and throw at him from 15 feet away, why not just keep right on going and fucking throwing them from a, from a foot away? What is the point of this whole thing except for to make exciting TV? And that was exciting. I loved it. <laughs> I fucking loved it so much, I can't tell you. And those guys didn't even break strides singing. No, close not. Those guys, they're, they're going to go all the way. It's like an obstacle course. They do it. Huh? Yeah, no one's going to stop these fuckers. Uh, Russell Brand's uh, X show got canceled. The show that looked like it was shot on iPhones. <laughs> it was really the wackiest show ever. It's weird. That was the strangest show I've ever seen since that ONA XFL halftime show. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, there wasn't any like real format to the Brand X show, right? Like yeah, that's what I meant. I mean, they, it was not a regular TV show. It was like going to see someone do a show, and then they filmed it. Yeah, like it was a lot of like audience. He was hanging out in the audience a lot. It was very strange. And one year, one uh, day would be different from the one before. Yeah. All right. Um, let's head on over here and check out what people are thinking of the 42. 42 guitars we want to play. The answer to the ultimate the, question. This is awesome. Uh, where the hell is Brian May's guitar? No David Gilmore. Jerry Garcia's Tiger guitar. Billy Gibbons. Johnny Ramones. Sean Lane's. Well, you're not going to have every single person's guitar. It's, it's 42. There's, there's, a there's only 42. <laughs> What's your favorite in there? 
Uh, Hicks. I do like Zach Wilde's crazy paint job on that guitar. Or the big target. I think that looks pretty awesome. And uh, the Keith picture. Uh, that that that's a good, that's a beautiful guitar. Really, really gorgeous guitars in that list. All right, we're gonna break here. When we get back, thirty-five hundred cops who went drugs to be legal. All right, we'll be right back. It's the Ron and Fez show. The Ron and Fez show on the Open Anthony Show, Sirius XM. <laughs> You've been warned. of the day the one and only George Harrison wow Chris Stanley you're on it with the playlist lately I wonder what you're going to be doing tomorrow 
right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Chris Stanley, I don't know if you saw this thing. I apparently came out in Vice, but there is a group of ex-police officers. That group has 3,500 in it right now who believe and are working towards uh, getting drugs legal. Uh, they think the war on drugs has been nothing but a, a failure over the past 30 years. And I agree with all, all 3,500 of these former cops. It's weird that they were cops, now they're not cops, and they're coming out against it when they were busting people for these same things. Well, I'm sure cops have to bust people for a lot of things that they don't necessarily agree with. Yeah. You know? But it is good. Well, having a cop say it is going to mean a lot more than any other person. Why makes you say that? Because I think more people are going to listen to the cop. So you would be for all drugs? Yeah, legalize it. Everything? Yeah. Heroin? Yeah. Angel dust, crystal meth, yeah. whatever it is, legalize it. Yeah. Uh, on one level, I agree with you 100%. I think that if you legalized it and then took the same amount of money uh, and put that towards helping people get off of drugs or educate them about drugs yeah. beyond the say no to drug stuff, uh, you probably would solve a lot of problems. But since money seems to be tied up in pursuing drugs, busting people, putting them in jail, so many jails built around the country, yeah. I think it becomes a money thing. But I'll tell you something else. Seeing what's happening so quickly in Colorado also makes me cringe a little bit. <laughs> Because if you legalize drugs across the board, right, and people can do heroin, we have no idea of how powerful that heroin is going to get within a little period of time. And something else that you're going to find people aren't prepared for. Philosophically, they agree with you. But that's because they've never seen their kids on heroin. They've never seen their kids become a speed freak. Yeah. When that happens... It's an awful, horrible thing. And suddenly you're going to be putting that on thousands and millions of people. Yeah. Well, you know, that's why the recovery places will be there to help anyone addicted to any of these drugs. Maybe we turn all the jails into recovery places? For the, for the, for the guys who are in there for drug charges? Yeah. I mean, the rapists and murderers or whatever, yeah, go to prison. Obviously, you're a scumbag, you're garbage. Yeah, go to prison. But for a guy that's doing you know, 20 years on a drug bid, that's insane. All right, uh, we'll open up the phones for this. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Is it time to say that the drug war does not work? It's been nothing but a losing cause. And people we know want to get high. And by the way, if you drink beer, if you drink wine, if you drink whiskey, you're doing a fucking drug. <laughs> there is no difference. We just have some drugs as legal. Uh, 
So now we would stop using that money to fight the drug. That money would become available, whatever we use to fight the drug program stuff. And then also we'll be able to tax the drugs that we're selling and make some money. We will put um, gangsters, thugs, and machine gun carrying weirdos out of the drug business. And the drug business will probably be picked up by people who run the kind of businesses that you see out there today. Walmart, Budweiser, Coca-Cola, whatever. It just doesn't matter. You will have people. But you were saying, Hicks, Yeah. you want to buy asset in the store, you can buy LSD. You want to buy Oxycontin, you can get Oxycontin. You want to buy heroin, opium. There's no drug for you that isn't okay. Put them legal. Just, just set the drugstore. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Eight six six Ron zero Fez. Here is Kyle in Rochester. You're on the Ron Fez show. Hey Ronnie. Yeah. Sound like a, it sound like a million bucks, but I got a question for Hicks here with his theory. Yeah. Now, if you go and you commit a crime, and you're on drugs but you commit a murder or a rape or something like we just talked about, uh-huh. do you go to jail or do you do, go to a recovery thing? Is it kind of like an insanity plea? Where, where do you draw the line there if we're going to legalize drugs? Well, I guess that would be up to the guy's lawyer to fight for him. But Look, I don't consider someone being a drunk and hitting his wife to be any kind of insanity plea. Uh, despite what Hicks's confusion here is, if you commit the kind of crime which is against another person, you know, you have to take responsibility if you're going to drink alcohol. Yeah. You can't say, look, I was so drunk, I didn't even know I was getting in the car and driving, Your Honor. I don't even remember leaving the bar. No, that's still a fucking crime. It would still be a crime on drugs. But, Hicks, you take a look at some of these Oxytowns, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want all of America to look like that? I don't think all of America is going to look like that. Just because it becomes legal, everyone's not going to start running out and doing drugs. Like, oh, heroin's legal? All right, let's go, finally. It's not going to happen like that. You say that, but because it's legal, a majority of Americans drink. Yeah. The only reason why they drink is like that, that many of them, is because it's legal. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get to. You're now going to have uh, drugs the same way. Um, here's Jay in Jersey. You're on the Ron Fez show. Hi. Thanks, Ron. Thanks. I just wanted to bring up the example, the real-life example of the country of Portugal. They delegalized, or I should say decriminalized, all what were formerly illegal drugs for usage several years ago. They wound up taking that money, exactly what you said, and they reutilized it towards helping people get off of drugs. And the success has been that they've had less drug usage from greater education as well as help for the people who are hooked on the drug. And the state, well, the country is in the crapper other than that, but they've saved a lot of money and there's less people doing drugs than before when it was criminalized. And as well as the fact that they just decriminalized usage and they still left criminal sense for distribution and production. And it's been wildly successful. People look at that example of Portugal. I think... Uh, you know, long term, I'm going to agree that that's the way we'll, we'll end up as well. But I think it's going to be some real growing pains 
to get there. Just like the people in Colorado who are now looking around and seeing all these dispensaries and going, wow, I didn't think it was going to be this many. Uh, I think people are going to be freaked out when they find out their cousin, their uncle, their niece is a strung-out junkie. And most Americans have never had to see that. You know, they might have a problem, somebody having a pill problem or whatever, but they've never seen a strung-out junkie in their family, and it's going to scare the shit out of them. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here is Gary in Brooklyn. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Fez. Um, what about Hector? I was talking about the oxycodone. The government's going to make some pills. Well, oxycodone is just uh, like heroin for people. Like they need it. It's a, just the government made it. All right. Just so you know this, the government isn't making this. It's being made uh, by pharmaceutical companies and supposedly being made for people who need that kind of drug to heal, but it's being done by healthy people who you are completely correct about uh, do get addicted. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ We're talking about is it time to finally get around and legalize drugs? Uh, Hicks, 100%. Yeah, I say yes. Um... Well, look what the drug war is doing just to Mexico below us. It's killing tens of thousands of people. It's it's turned that country into a war state. More people are dying there than like Afghanistan. It's it's insane the amount of people that are getting killed every day. There's heads cut off all over the place. You legalize drugs, that's going to take a, a lot of fucking sting out of what the cartels can do, where they become legalized. So who's worrying about them? People who take drugs? Because apparently the people who take drugs don't give a fuck about those people at all. Because their uh, inability to get off drugs is what makes that shit happen. They're creating a market mm-hmm. is what makes that happen. So the last thing I want to hear about is for people who fucking take drugs to now suddenly care about the poor peasants of Mexico. Uh, Because obviously they don't give a shit about them at all. Uh, My first concern would be this country and what it get worse. What it get worse or better. And I do think it'll eventually get better, but the times that it'll get worse... And the people that we're going to lose, because they have no idea what drugs are, uh, it's going to be surprising. Here's John. John, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron. I, if you know, they scientists can make that green paste make THC so strong. Why can't they take all the bad shit out of heroin or coke or whatever and just give you that high? That way, you don't get the repercussions of you know being a junkie. So why can't they come up with a chocolate cake that doesn't make you fat? I mean, the fact of the matter is you're going to fucking pay a receipt. You're going to, you want to get as high as you want on heroin. It's Your body is going to crave it. It's ridiculously addictive. You're going to crave it after uh, doing it. Look at this river rescue in California. 
This is wild. Why can't I fucking rescue some fucking kid out of a river like that and become a hero? Like the East River? Like some kid falls in? No, I'd rather not nice fucking pretty California <laughs> river. Um, here's uh, Justin in Ohio. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, buddies. Yeah. Hey, to that last caller's point, I'm pretty sure the bad stuff in heroin is heroin. Um, but as far as legalizing everything, when I was an addict previously, you know, to quit, I lost everybody's number, you know, quit contacting everybody and made it to where the drugs weren't available. Now that I'm trying to quit smoking cigarettes, I can walk into any gas station, pick up a pack of cigarettes. You know, if I could walk into Walgreens and pick up my drug of choice, it would make it impossible to get away from it. So you're saying... Once you're an addict, you can't have it near you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was the only way I could clean my life up was basically pulling all the weeds from my life and getting the hell away from it all. The fun people are always surprised when you don't want to hang with them anymore. Say, no, I still like you, but I can't hang out with you. Something could happen. Yeah, and it's my fault. still doesn't make them feel any better. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's Steve in Michigan. You're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, how you doing? Good, man. I, I just want to throw out there, I heard a report that uh, legal pharmaceuticals now account for more deaths than traffic accidents. Okay, and that's just people copying. Uh, and I know that they said we have an, uh, an Oxycontin OD every two days here in yeah. New York City. Yeah. And right. um, we're not one of the bad places. It gets even worse. Um, again, why do we keep it away from people who want it? Why can't they make the choice? Are the rest of us telling them that we know more than they do? See, I think everybody would be fine if it was like privacy of your own home type lifestyle thing but if there i think people would get upset if there was going to be like actual heroin bars where it would have more people on the road like drunk drivers or if there were acid bars and people who were tripping somehow got behind the wheel of their car to go home i really don't think it's the wheel of the car is not the big deal here um i really think it has to do with the drugs themselves and the people's responsibility of whether they want that to happen. I think that if, if we're bringing up cars and stuff, we're, we're just backpedaling into that, fighting about shit that really isn't the, the first-tier stuff. The first-tier stuff is they're going to do it and have been doing it anyway. Do we just legalize it? Um, because there's people driving on heroin now. There's people driving on asset now, and there's people driving on alcohol now. You're going to have to deal with that kind of shit no matter what. Here's Scott. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, I sell Schedule 2 narcotics for a living. And I, in part, kind of agree with Hex a little bit on legalizing it, but it should be regulated heavily. Like, what? that's the beauty of pharmaceutical companies. We can dial out adverse events or side effects and whatnot. So you can have, like, a, I guess, a higher quality 
you know, whatever the buzz you're chasing without all the, the negative aspects or at least greatly reduced. Well, if, then, if I if I watched a TV commercial, I wouldn't believe that you guys are dialing out anything. <laughs> Explosive diarrhea and blah, blah, blah. Suicidal thoughts. Yeah. And the, oxy, the Oxycontin fucking uh, epidemic, which is straight from pharmaceutical companies, uh, because no one's making that in bathtubs anywhere. So no, I don't. I I don't think that the drug is going to get better in terms of less side effects. I think what you're going to deal with is a purity level so high that you're going to have more uh, accidental ODs than ever before. Because the FDA will have to put their hand into it to get to, say if it becomes federally legal and around the country. FDA is going to get a piece of it and be testing every any company making. Well, first of all, then how do you how are you going to legalize meth then? Because you're not going to get a safe meth. It is bad for human beings to do. You're not really ever going to get safe angel dust. It's fucking. There's no positive effects to this. So you're either going to have to say, "Look, I don't give a shit if you guys want to do shoe polish yeah. cut with fucking coke." Let these fuckers do it. The whole thing of finding it to be safe is the exact opposite of what we're talking about here. Um, here is Kurt. Kurt, you're on the run of Fed show. Ron, hi. If we legalize drugs, how do we enforce or maintain drug-free workplaces and keep people safe on their jobs? Why should we? Well, it's a, it's a, currently it's the responsibility of the employer to, to provide a safe workplace. Well, we don't drink here at work. I think if you know people drank here at work, they'd probably get fired. It's going to be up to you to deal with each person. But let's face it: should the fact that some people get drunk and go to work, we don't get rid of alcohol. We would just get rid of that employee. Yeah, if you have a bad employee, I guess you get rid of that person. Throw coked up. All I think the you're going to be very fucking happy with a lot of your Adderall fucking employees. It'd be on point, at least at first. Um, here's Scott. Scott, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, um, you know, just just think about all the uh, the adverse effects you could have. I mean, you you got your wife walking home from work, and you got these guys hanging on the street. You know, went into the store, bought some some uh, some kind of hallucinogen. They think they see something crazy, and they start you know attacking your wife, thinking that you know they're 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 seeing demons or whatever. This I mean, is the same exact thing that we wanted to try to get rid of alcohol with back in the 20s. Oh, it leads to rape and promiscuous sex. Oh, it leads to this and that. Yeah, all that stuff is true. And Fez is going back to, like, the safety of cars. No, you can't guarantee the cars are, are going to be so safe. And yet, I'm reading more and stuff that the self-driving cars are closer and closer every single year. Yeah. So, really, is it really about... That kind of stuff? It's, it's Look, I've been really fucked up on plenty of things before. I've never wanted to hurt anyone or rape anyone. That just, that's how it... I mean. That's that boogeyman talk <laughs> that goes back into it. And let me tell you, a lot of crack addicts would do crimes because it was hard to get the money to purchase crack. 
Now we'll make it easier under what I'm now calling the Hicks rules. Oh, hell yeah. I like that, the Hicks rules. But what people are saying is I don't trust other people to make the sane, rational judgment. And again, the same people who are talking about the safety issues, then back up Bloomberg on the two liters of soda because no one needs two fucking liters of soda. Period. No one needs a tall boy fucking orange soda. It's true. But we're saying to people, you you make the responsible pick with your life. Um, you can't have both. You can't have freedom and then want to limit other people's freedoms Selective freedom. of choice. Which is what, in the back of my mind, we all really would want to do. Um, here is uh, Gary in New York. You're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Elon. Um, I got a question, right? Um, the people there in New York, they take oxycodone, right? The DA's busting down on all these psychopharmaceuticals, the pharmacies, the doctors, right? When the dealer can I get, people are going to start switching to heroin because they need to get their fix. And I call it, since a pill costs $20 and like in the bag costs $8, it's, it's, more, it's, like it's worth to buy heroin instead of the oxycodone pills nowadays. Mm-hmm. So people eventually, when the DEA shuts down all the oxycodone, people stop getting it on the streets. Then people are going to start using heroin instead. Yeah. And it's slowly transition to that because I live in Brooklyn and I see it happening in my neighborhood. Because right. all these, the young generation, like I'm 27 right now, and I see these 15, 16-year-olds, they're all taking pills. And then slowly they're like, oh, we can't get pills. Oh, this will make you high. The yeah. heroin is, is like that. Yes, and and now they would legally be able to buy heroin. That's the point of this. You, you're trying to say heroin is some scary, awful thing that no one should ever do. And according to the new Hicks rule, yeah. leave it up to each person whether they want to do heroin or not. Because I can tell you now, mm. only because of past experience, I won't be doing heroin with you. I will not be doing that. Because I've got enough wisdom at this time to make that fucking choice. Now, are people going to get that without the risks that comes along with saying, hey, that's not for me? No, you're going to have to go through it as well. Some people will never. There's plenty of people who don't drink in this country and are happy never to drink because they don't like the idea of fucking sloshing around talking stupid. And you do. All you'd have to do is videotape enough people of the shit, the dumb shit that they say, and show that to kids. <laughs> and plenty of people this? won't want to. So there are people who've always made responsible uh, choices when it comes to drinking alcohol. Earl Douglas has never wanted to drink alcohol, ever. Chris Stanley drinks every chance he can. Yeah, um, Geraldo, you're on the Ryan Fez show. Hello? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking, like, the fact that drugs are legal, or if drugs are all legal, mm -hmm. it would be harder for younger people to get it. Like, when I was a 16-year-old, I could get, like, any drug there was, except for alcohol and cigarettes were the trickiest things to get, you know? Um, yeah, I would agree with that. I think, um, and also that money would be used to educate kids, blah, 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 but 
a certain amount of them are going to want to get high, and a certain amount of them are going to end up having that addictive uh, gene. Uh, here's uh, Nick in Virginia. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, what's going on? So if the price point of drugs are set based off their purity and their legal, and you can no longer afford your legal drug, what's going to stop a drug dealer from making a less pure, more inexpensive drug to get your hands on? Um, do you run into a lot of people making great wine on their own, or a lot of people who are like, oh, I've come up with a gin, a bathtub gin, that's cheaper than the gin that you're spending money on? You're not going to have a fucking problem, dude. It's going to be fine. You know, and I know, that if they make marijuana fucking legal, no one is going to want their own backyard fucking marijuana. And that's the big, supposedly, concern that we all have, is that people are going to stop fucking planting tomatoes and start planting marijuana. I don't think they're going to, because it's probably not going to be as good as what they can get other places. No. The, the kind of setup you need to make like ridiculous, like the kind of pot these, that they're selling in Colorado, you need, it's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of equipment at, at right now. I will tell you this. Seeing the Colorado stuff makes me less into your thing than before it. You know what I mean? Well, they've gotten they've gotten nuts. And like when we did that, we talked about like there's just companies now set up selling this weird mud or goo, whatever the hell it was. Or who the hell saw that coming? And that's what's going to happen with these other drugs. That they're going to come up with a heroin like the world has never fucking seen before. Um, Luke, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, so uh, making drugs legal does take some of the taboo out of the drugs. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if that would help some people to admit that they have a problem before they really hit the bottom. Because you got to hide that from people because you're sort of ashamed that you're doing something that's illegal. Yeah, but, you know, uh, at, at the same point, for me when I was a, a kid, the taboo was what pushed me towards drugs. I exactly. loved the fact that it was, you know... Fucking Miles Davis time. I thought that was fucking great. It's my favorite thing about it. I love the fact that some kids would be scared when they found out what I was doing at, like, 14. Yeah. Now it'll just be, like, drinking booze and under these new laws. A lot of those kids will die. I think we're going to... You're going to see an increase in addiction and overdoses before it settles down. There'll probably be a spike because people go a little buck wild. Right, and that spike is going to be human lives and it's going to be people's daughters. It's going to be people's sons. It's going to be people's mothers. It's going to be ugly. One thing that'll be weird to see what happens economically because, like, let's say OxyContin becomes available over the counter. Then the company that has the right to that and makes it isn't going to be able to keep charging what it costs for a prescription of that. Or else, I mean, for it to be over the counter, I would think they would have to bring the price down because competitors and knockoffs will be available. You are 100% correct. There is no doubt about that. Of course they will be. And it will be much cheaper to get heroin. And Oxycontin, I guarantee you people aren't going to be interested in Oxycontin in no time at all because you're going to have pure drugs to go to. Yeah, I think Oxycontin will just become what it's used for. Mm -hmm. It'll become... (laughs) 
when you're doing the kind of stuff Fez, that you're doing, it means that you can't see beyond today. But if you're going to change one of these things, you literally have to look to the future and say there's going to be some kind of paste or or fucking goo or mist or whatever that doesn't exist right now. That people will finally be able to say, look, I have this thing and you'll be able to take a fucking steam in this thing that just is like steam morphine and it's fucking what? fabulous. And you just put it on the corner of your room and you'll just go off and just have the greatest dreams. It isn't going to be about the same drugs that you see today. Um, Ryan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, uh... I think we're missing the whole point that it's, uh, it's your own individual right to put whatever you want into your own body, so long as you're not violating anyone else's right. And also you talked about... Well, first of uh, all, if you, what you were saying were true, then the Hicks Law would have passed a long time ago. So, no, there is nothing true about what you just said. It's a nice idea. Well, we would never have, we would never have locked up these people. It's not your right to do that. It's not your right to sit down and do heroin. We we don't even have a right in this country to end our lives when we want to. Um, it's not even your right to take your body and lay naked in the backyard with it in this country. I don't know where you're living that you have these kind of rights, but they don't exist right now. That guy's talking nuts. Um, look... Here's the thing. People are now going, but this is going to happen. This is. Hicks's law is this. Anything that people want to do, they would be able to do. do what it. that last caller said is your right would then be your right, right under the new Hicks law. Yeah. You're not going to have the FDA going over all these drugs. You can't. You can't make these drugs safe for people. It's about letting people do the unsafe shit. If you try to FDA it, we are still going to have outside drugs. So you can say, what? You guys are still you're taking those shitty shit. drugs? I got some shit for you. This guy know me. You've got to do just the opposite to make this thing work. That's what has to happen. No, we're not all going. Someone wrote, we'll, we'll all die. Why would we all die? You're not going to take this new drug. I'm not going to take this new drug. It's plenty of people are not going to take this new drug. They bring up a thinning of the herd when it comes to this kind of responsibility. But what you hear all the time from people is, I'm smart enough not to do it, so I'm going to make these people smart enough not to do it. Rather than let them make their choice. Um, Eric in Colorado, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Hey, uh, so the caller brought this up a few minutes ago about keeping some of the stuff away from the younger, from kids. There have been a, a couple of spikes since medical marijuana became legal here in Colorado. There have been a few spikes in the number of underage uh, kids who've been in possession of marijuana, that it came from their parents, that it was their parents' medical marijuana, and they got a hold of it, uh, and were smoking it. And few have been arrested. A few of the parents have been faced charges also, um, as well as there was an incident, I guess, here recently. One of the guys who's really big on the marijuana industry here in Colorado got arrested in Alabama on charges. 
he uh, was uh, it was a misdemeanor possession charge there, and now he's coming. He goes, oh well, it won't affect me here in Colorado, and that was this morning. And now they're coming back saying it could actually affect him. He could lose his license for his marijuana business here in Colorado. So you know, but the other part of this too is when Hicks when they talk about legalizing it. Look at what's going on right now here. They're legalizing marijuana, but at the same time, the pro-marijuana people are fighting every attempt to put reasonable restrictions in place. Every reasonable restriction they want to put in place, they don't want. They're saying, no, it's too draconian. And most of them aren't even anywhere near as strict as what it is for possession of alcohol or even drunk driving. I find uh, the Colorado thing just to be so interesting, and I'm sure it's a little weirder when it's your state, Eric. Um, but you guys are the front lo- lines right now to see how any of this stuff is going to go out. Uh, yeah. And it doesn't seem like you're handling the change uh, <laughs> as well as a lot of people said in the in the I, early stages. You know, it's, it's really variable. It depends on the part of the state, too, because it, uh, what... What's popular here on the front range in the mountain communities and on the western slope, they're not as receptive to it. Uh, the small towns, they're just not as receptive to it as, you know, Denver or Fort Collins, Colorado Springs, et cetera. I heard that uh, even a part of the state now wants to break off and become North Colorado or something yeah. like that. All right, yeah. thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, I will tell you this. I think all the states are too big to begin with. I think most of the states, you will find out that half the state doesn't get think that the other half the state knows what they're doing, no matter what state that you're in. You're in Florida, the panhandle is like, why are we in the same state as Miami? We couldn't be any more different. And it's true. Um, North and South Jersey, East and West Pennsylvania, North California, South California, really, really different places. And New York City and the rest of the New York. The vet, you know, the overall majority of the land in New York takes New York up. City and upstate. Yeah. <laughs> um here's Ben, you're on the run of Fez show. Ben. Oh hey. Um sorry about that. Yeah, a couple of things that I was thinking about is and and the first one is if you look back not that far in our past, but back to the days of Victorian England, you could go into into a, a pharmacy or apothecary and and buy, you know, laudanum, morphine, all Very of true. that was was available over the counter. And I don't know that there was, you know, and even even in this country with the patent medicines, and I don't know that that their addiction problems back then were worse than they are today with all the the restrictions we have. Yeah, I don't and, know what we've. I don't know if we've made ourselves safer before. You could go smoke the Chinese pipe, you know, which uh, is something people used to do. Just hang out in the den, right? And just you know, yeah. have some smokes. So, you know, even when Fez was talking for a little while there, he was like, yeah, but can we limit where people can go? It always comes back to I want to take away freedoms. You know what I mean? If you break the law, then you're a criminal. But if you are taking care of yourself, what's the problem of this? Um, do you want responsibility or not? Uh, Darren, you're on the Run of Fez show. 
Darren. Darren, we don't have you. All right. Uh, here's uh, Gary in Queens. Gary. I don't know if we got something wrong with our phones now all of a sudden. Let me go over and check Pit Duck. Pit Duck, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you, Ronnie. Okay. Hicks, are you out of your fucking mind? There you go. Man, this is my doctor calling. <laughs> I'm the fucking guy who has to take care of 20 overdose junkies a night in my emergency room if you legalize drugs. Yeah, you're doing fine, but I have to, I have to do the cleanup. Oh, I'm not Odin. Yeah, yeah, but think about all the little girls who can all of a sudden get their hands on oxys and everything like that coming in overdose. There are already little what girls getting their hands on oxys. Look at Staten I, Island, 700% increase in OxyContin-related uh, well, deaths. The first problem is they should outlaw oxy, period. Oxy used to be given only for people with cancer or who had bones sticking out of their arms. Now it's everybody under the sun's getting fucking oxy whenever they want. I blame doctors more than anything else. They shouldn't be prescribing that shit. Well, you're getting your fucking ass handed to you, Hicks, by your own doctor. I, there there, there are three pharmacies in Florida who are supposed to, if you look at the, the averages, they should have been prescribing like 90,000 oxys, uh, oxys a year. Those three pharmacies put out three million oxycodones. Okay, now, partially it's Florida, of course, mm -hmm. and everything like that, but there's a problem when you have that much fucking narcotics going around. And if you make it legal, it's just going to, all I'm going to do doing is I'm going to be cleaning up everybody's asses for the next 20 years. Oh, come on, Pit Doc. It's, it's, it'll, it'll be the initial spike in some sort of, you know, some overdoses. But afterwards, people, it'll be, you'll, it won't be going to you. It'll be going to rehabs. Oh, bullshit, rehab. They're going to be coming to me. Cause <laughs> it's not bullshit. They're going to be rehab. If they're going to OD, they're, they're going to go to the emergency room. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, did, I just get, you know, I used to work in one area of New York. I used to work in East, East Queens. We used to get two or three overdoses a night. But then in uh, Jamaica, Queens, we used to, uh, East, East Harlem, but in Jamaica, Queens, we barely got an overdose. We got all drunks instead. But if you, if you legalize all everything, I, I have no problem with decriminalizing marijuana and other shit, but stop making the hard stuff legal. Forget that. All right, Pit Doc. Take you, it easy. Bye. Uh, say this. Yeah. He shut you up and he shut you down, dude. You had every opportunity there. Very passionate. Didn't think of all the doctors having to deal with that. Stringing sentences together. Um, all right, I think we got Darren back. Hey, Darren. Hey, Ron. Sorry about that, man. Yeah. I lost you. Um, I legally get my morphine and my oxy um, on a, a monthly basis, and I, t I mean, I really do, for the most part, need it, but I wish it was never there because I run out early every month, and then I'm, I'm struggling with withdrawal symptoms, and it, it's it's very harsh. You know this, man. I, I know I've heard you talk, been through it, but yeah, sucks, I, I, you you have to take responsibility just for the fact is I'm sure diabetics would rather that sugar was taken away. Uh, Fez tells me the other night that oh, his thing went down. And he had a um, a Coke. He drank a Coke real fast to get his sugar back up. Yeah. Now, I know we got juice in that refrigerator. I never heard a diabetic in my life say, make sure I get a Coke right away. They all say, is there a juice around? Yeah. Fez is never going to be that guy who takes responsibility for that thing. But does that mean that no one else should drink Coke? No. I can enjoy a Coke. Can you? Oh, yeah. So far. You realize you're not even 30 yet, right? Nope. No, not that. I, I do realize that. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, 
here's Jay, Staten Island. You're on my Fez show. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, yeah. I'm uh, from Shaolin. I grew up in the Stapleton Projects, 10304. And I was wondering, hey, you know, wouldn't that, if you legalize the drugs and everybody's got to be on the same sort of financial level of competition, wouldn't that help a lot of those inner city kids with, you know, uh, now they don't have to look towards the drug dealers anymore, not making all that dough and... Uh, you know, now they now now everybody's on an even playing field. Playing field, though, the the the, the cop is making the same amount as a garbage man as so is a drug dealer. Hmm. Maybe. Well, I think the whole drug culture thing would change now that they become illegal. Who's going to be rapping about selling mad coke and making money off of it in a rap song when? That's just opening up a business at that point. So that that whole thing will, will be different. I would think started my own home improvement business. Sorry, I went for the joke. Stepped on you, Fuzzy. What were you going to say? That there would still be, if, if it's not coming from drug companies, then there would still be competition out there, even if it is legal. Yeah, but it's not the outside of the law exciting gangster life. Let me tell you something. Is there a big difference between a bootlegger gangster and a guy who fucking has a beer distributor? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's two different things. You're not ever going to hear a guy fucking bragging about working in a fucking store putting cases of beer in a truck. I moved 14 kilos of Budweiser. <laughs> um, I just got written to me. We can't handle the freedom in this country. People only want to be numb. Well, the fact of the matter is... The war on drugs is not working, and it's never fucking worked. Period. I don't think you can look at these cops and... What do they call their group? Oh, they, I think it's called... Uh, it's an acronym. Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. LEAP. You gotta take that leap. I'll take the leap. I'd love officers. to have him in here sometime, because i love to talk to him. Because I honestly think that they have thought about this somewhat, know that they're putting their cops in danger with this, know that it hasn't worked out for the citizens, and I'd like to hear their point of view on it. I think we can all agree that the fucking war on drugs has been a failure. Here's Spencer in Florida. You're on the Run of Fed show. I, uh, first of all, somebody made the greatest point ever against... Uh legalizing drugs a little while ago about hallucinogens and seeing zombies and attacking their wife. Oh, what kind of point is that? Exactly. But uh, <laughs> I live in Florida, and there's a pain clinic around the corner from me, and there's a line out the door almost every morning. These drugs are already legal and being abused, and people are going to jail. I'm actually a recovered addict and alcoholic, and I'll absolutely tell you that when I was probably 14, 15, 16, it was easier for me to get pot and cocaine than it was cigarettes and beer. And in fact, I never even smoked cigarettes. For that for that reason alone, I never got on the cigarette kick. Um, I did get addicted to other drugs, but you know, I mean, there's a billion dollar industry out there right now selling drugs that are apparently quote legal. And one of them's oxycontins. A friend of mine just went to prison this morning, as a matter of fact for uh, robbing a pizza guy, and he was addicted to Oxycontins, and blew, yeah, I don't even know what they are anymore, but uh, he would rather have done those than heroin. 
Like, he didn't even want hair. He wanted the oxycon. He wanted those pills that are legally made and legally distributed. You know, I mean, there's a billion-dollar industry out there in treatment of addiction and the money they pump into law enforcement. And it's just, it's stupid. It's so stupid. Yes, there would be growing pains. Yes, there's no, and, and there's no right or wrong answer. There's no, nobody's ever going to have the, the perfect way to do this. But in my mind, as a former drug addict and alcoholic, I say absolutely legalize it all. You know, there's going to have to be regulations, of course. But, you know, why not divert some of that money and put it towards a good use instead of just tossing it around like we are now? Uh, thanks so much for calling, uh, Spencer. Well, I do think that we can all agree uh, that we are not winning the war on drugs. We've spent billions and billions of dollars. All right, someone wrote this in, I don't want bath salts legal, even though they are. A bath salt is fucking legal for the purpose of doing what it's supposed to do. That you put it in your bath. Yeah. Not that you smoke it. Yeah, those those aren't bath salts. That's that's just guys making crazy drugs to get around. Um, here is Kevin in Jersey. You're on the Ron Fest show. Yeah, how you doing, Ron? Good. Let me ask you this. I mean, and I know this sounds way out there, but I think we're not strong enough on drugs. What if we really put the screws? Imagine this. What if what if it was punishable by death? You really think there'd be that much drug usage? Yeah. You uh, do. Yeah, I, I for the same reason that Fez said, that, like I disagreed with Fez over the fifteen hundred dollar, uh, you know, ticket or whatever. I really do think that the people who want to do drugs, believe it or not, a lot of them know that they're fucking with death every single day, and they right, they, they don't fear death. Well, let me ask you this. We don't do this in this country. Obviously, we know abroad people get their hands cut off for stealing and stuff right. like that. It appears to be a bit of a deterrent. I mean, I don't hear about it going on a lot over there. I'm not saying everything's right. That same saying. place that they fucking cut off the hands, they actually manufacture heroin in those countries. Um, yeah, but are their own people using it? I, I am telling you right now that if you are in the drug business in Colombia or Peru or here... You face drugs, uh, you face death every day. People who do heroin face death on a daily fucking basis. I don't think they're afraid of death. I don't think they're afraid of doing time. And if you're addicted to it, you're going to want to get the, you're fit. You're going to want to get high before you, you're not going to give a fuck about going in fucking prison or getting your head cut off. Um, here is... Tom, let me go to Tom. You're on the Ron Fest show. Hi, I realize that the thrust of the conversation so far has been about legalizing drugs for recreational use. But I'd like to point out that there are some of us, myself included, in my early 60s who deal with degenerative arthritis in my lower back. And I'm prescribed oxycodone, and I get a certain amount every month, and I take my prescribed amount, and without it, I wouldn't be able to walk or stand or function, basically. So 
it's not a complete negative. To, you know, the way people talk about oxycodone, I understand it's abused like any other drugs, but it does have positive uses as well. We actually forget that some of these drugs were made for actual reasons, that people have been burnt or injured or whatever. Traumatic injury. Uh, and you could go back to uh, Hicks's doctor, the pit doctor called in, he knows that every drug has a purpose and should be prescribed as such. Uh, what happened is we started to prescribe things for all kinds of reasons. But yeah, I'm sure you're, Tom, you, the stuff that you're talking about, and no one can deal with the constant pain. It's the most difficult thing in the whole world. It is, and it, it's uh, accelerated over the decades, and I'm at the point now where I need oxycodone. I didn't always, all my life. It started out with, you know, drugs of a, um, you know, a, a lower, uh, whatever you want to call it, not dosage, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, Lortaz and that sort of thing, and it's up to oxycodone now, but I'm extremely grateful for it. It's like my girlfriend mm -hmm. who has uh, epilepsy. She Jeez, doesn't are great. <laughs> Yeah, uh, does, doesn't drink coffee, doesn't abuse anything, but she is so thankful for the drugs that science provides her that she can live a normal life as I am. So not every one of these drugs is abused by everyone. So All right, thanks for calling, Tom. Peace. You got it. Uh, now, I've read stuff with doctors saying that you're when you start to take any drug, that the pain level starts to come up again. In other words, that your body will get used to it, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So it's another thing that you have to watch out for. But the whole actual pain thing and drugs for people who actually need the drugs, it gets so forgotten by the, you know, half-toothless guy who's hobbling into places, making up lies about what's wrong with him. Just trying to score... Unmask is this Wednesday with very, very special guest Mitch Glazer, the creator of Magic City on Stars, uh, produced Lost in Translation, wrote Scrooge. It's going to be a great Unmask on Wednesday afternoon. Go to theinterabang.com to see how you can get your spot in the studio audience. Go there today, theinterabang.com for Unmask with Mitch Glazer. When he said he wanted to be plug guy, right? Yeah. We used to do different kind of plugs. He's done the same plug three times now. In the same way. Should be mixing we, it up more. Didn't it start to just go in one ear and out the other when it gets like that? I can't wait for Mitch Glazer on Mast. Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah. Hell yeah. Actually, his new show, uh, second season, starts Friday. I'm fucking crazy about that show. Oh, yeah, that show is one of the few. I wish I lived on the set. Of it, and by the way, this is a way of talking about it, not just doing the plug, but this way it doesn't feel like you're pushing something out of people. But the sets on that show are so spectacular. It's gorgeous. That time they've they, the whoever's doing the set designs and whatever is just it makes me want to just eat oxy. I have a feeling that uh, Mitch is one of those people that goes over every detail because I've seen like houses of his, an architectural digest or whatever. Really. Um, yeah, he lives like... Like a baller. You know, you live in a piece of art, though. But the thing is, you couldn't live like you do there, Hicks. You say <laughs> it's like a baller, but you can't leave shit out. You can't... 
See, that's... You know? That fucks me up. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Yeah, you would not be able... When you live in those beautiful... Just put, uh, yeah, his house. You can see that... All right. Just his yard alone... You can't leave your fucking shorts out there. Yeah, they, that's what they would be. I'll keep going around and look at all of the stuff. Because there's like glass here and there. And look at the wood floors. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's gorgeous because of the way that you also have to put back in. Maintain. Yeah. <sighs> You're not going to be smoking in that house. That's crazy to me. How about an e-cig? You almost died on an e-cig earlier. That was weird. Um... Here's Greg in New York. You're on the Rana Fez show. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. So, um, talking about the uh, death penalty as a penalty for drug use, I'm a, a former heroin addict. I used heroin from late high school into my mid-20s. Uh, now I'm in my mid-30s. And I got to say, um, you know, I was afraid of death if you sat me down and asked me straight up, but I just wasn't considering it to be a possibility. You know, you think you're Superman when you're using drugs and you're high, and when you're not high, all you're focused on is getting them to use them. So there's not a lot of time to really contemplate, you know, what the political ramifications are if I get caught. I mean, obviously, if you get pulled over for speeding and you have heroin in your wallet, that's a stressful situation. You right. don't want to go to jail. But it's not something you sit down and think, you know, hmm, maybe I should stop because of X, Y, and Z. You're pretty one-track-minded when you're in the mix, you know? Yeah, and you you're, you are correct. You stay busy because you got to worry about copying again, and uh, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot oh, of yeah. work to be an addict. Uh, I appreciate you calling, my friend. Peace. Peace. Uh, we've had a problem up and down here. Mark Goodman was talking to me about it. Someone has been taking the chairs away that are in that hallway. For the well, those computers? Yeah. <laughs> if you go out and check on it now, about half of them are missing. I'll take one. Yeah. Like, what, a dozen computers out there? There should be a dozen chairs. Right. I had to say to him, look, you didn't even have a fucking uh, computer when you were at MTV, and that went fucking great. There's thievery going on here. But who's going to steal an office chair? I got to figure one of the shows had guests coming in and took a bunch of them. Now the interns and Mark Goodman have nowhere to sit. Speaking of the interns, where's my guy at today? Shelves? Yeah. He's rocking phones. Let's pull him in. Shelby! 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 Okay, buddy, okay, okay. Shelby! I don't mind the Shelby part, but why the screaming baby? It annoys me every time. Shelby, what's happening, brother? Nothing much. What's up? Was this 42, uh, or was this week like last week's? Not mine. Nope. You're not a guitar guy? I am not enough to know 42 of them. You know six. It would just have to be a six for you. Yeah. What's your favorite guitar up there? Uh, there's a Gibson SG up there. Those are pretty cool. Yeah, it's the first one. What do you think of the 42 this week? Uh, it's pretty good. You think no. it's better than yours last week? Oh, no. Not even close. Do you know anything about the missing chairs? <laughs> Are you selling chairs not. in Flushing? It might have been the, the 
I was on those computers like a couple weeks ago, and there's the that one guy from the Village Voice that had like been fired a few weeks. Like he was sitting That's, right um, next to me. Musto? My, Michael, yeah, what? Musto. Yeah. So you think the guy from the Village Voice stole it? <laughs> he needs Why? a new gig, so. <laughs> He's got all Share kinds of gigs. Did you ever turn on the TV and not see Michael Musto? If there's any kind of gathering of cultural stuff, documentaries, like what was the 70s like, what was the 80s like, he's on that show. Oh, he yeah. didn't know how to use the phones, though. He was, like, asking me how to dial out and stuff. I was like... I didn't even know we had phones around here to dial look out. look like fucking tech support or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's a guest here. Shelby's Get fucking rough on people. Style 9, stay <laughs> And by nine. the way, Shelby, you do look like fucking tech support. And don't ever forget that. Right. You look like you should come in here and fucking tell us that the computers are fixed. What, are you looking to slash now? Hell yeah, he's tearing it up. He's all healthy looking now. He doesn't look like that anymore. Where are you on this drug thing, Shelby? Would you legalize it? I'd legalize some of them, you know, not probably not like just the stuff you're just throwing. What would you legalize? Hash? Yeah. What else? Pot. Meth? Ecstasy? Ecstasy. All right. You know, probably right. some. All right, but you're just legalizing the drugs that you like. <laughs> yeah, That's just fucking much, selfishness. Yeah. <laughs> When's the last time you did ecstasy? Um, probably like two years ago. It wasn't that much, though, so. You're well, never big into drugs, not right? Going crazy like some people. Yeah. I love ecstasy. Well, now it's Molly, is what the kids are calling it. <laughs> I can't keep. Our Molly? No, 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 no. no. Oh, that'd be it's terrible. MDMA. Street, street name would be Molly. Why don't we start and call her MDMA? <laughs> Hey, MDMA, come on in. I could be so fucking cute. Oh, yeah. Well, Catholic Joe hurt her feelings the other day, didn't he? Broke her heart. Just, just you know, he's just taking her for granted is what yeah. he's doing. He's a weirdo, that fucking Catholic <laughs> Joe. He's a real loon. Oh, he's a nut. Totally insane. See Fez today? You're having a tight day, huh, Fezzy? A very tight. To oh. all I thought of, there was a million gays in Times Square last night with that fucking thing. I'm like, Fez is not one of them. He's not there at the Tony Awards or Anthony Awards, as some gays refer to it as. Weird. You doing any comedy lately? No, I'm thinking about going out tonight somewhere. Where at? I don't know yet. That fucking devil place in Queens where. Hicks likes to hang out. Laughing Devil. Long hours. Yeah, you head over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you ought to fucking head over. You crush it. What do I look like? Fucking tech support? <laughs> Fuck you, Michael. <laughs> well, come on. He came. He did our show one time, and he told me this story about the 70s, like the crazy gay thing. I think he said that somebody wanted to be pissed on that he met, and he couldn't take a piss on the guy. He was all embarrassed about it. And I'm like, I don't even know if we should be running this. <laughs> it was Just fun. run some water or something in the back. <laughs> warm, warm water. And what, put his hand in it? Yeah. He was saying, act like you just put on a faucet and it'll help you take a piss. But you know what he says as girls? I never knew a guy to have trouble taking a piss. It's constantly coming out of me. <laughs> oh, God. Even, when you, even when you don't mean to? You fucking laugh and piss a little bit. Like, oh, shit. It's warm. <laughs> They're always calling you Sprinkler Dick, but I never knew why. That's weird. I didn't know I was, had that oh, nickname. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people are calling you that. Odd. 
Scott calls you that. Scott. Just, <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, the citizenship test that was up. A lot of people have been playing this on the iBank. You can actually go and take the citizenship test. I take it. 37 fucking questions into it. And I'm already pissed how long it's taken me. Yeah. My fucking computer bump kicks me out of it. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, fuck it. I don't even want to be a citizen of this country. Yeah, you failed. That, that's a fail. That's a failing mark. I was 36 for 37 when I got booted. Oof. It's the easiest thing ever. I mean, one of them is who's the president, who's the vice president. It's about that hard. What did the stripes represent? But I do like the fact that a lot of people could take that and see if they're as good as immigrants coming into this country. Uh, Jim Henson is making a new puppet game show. What? Yeah. It's called Suck Em Up It's Dick. I think it's... <laughs> no, it, it isn't called that, but remember what happened with Elmo? Oh, yeah. They were fucking abusing boys, I guess. Yeah, he, was, boys. he was using them for sex and drug use. Ugh. Yeah, he would, he would smoke crystal meth. And then, and then eat their asses out yeah. or something? Or maybe have them eat his ass out. <laughs> God. That's fucking strange. It's really weird, huh? But, you know, that's that's his gay Hey, what happened with Malkovic? I, I, I keep seeing it on TV. I know it's up on the iBang. He saved somebody's life, right? Yeah, he saved a dude. He, uh, Malkovich was um, smoking a cigarette. And... Nice. Uh, yeah. Why a knee cigarette or did he go uh, as analog? Far, as far as I know, it's that he's an analog man when it comes to the smokes. I'm an analog man when it comes to my smoke. <laughs> but yeah, he was in Toronto. He's doing a play, and um, he saved a dude's he saved a dude's life who was on vacation with his wife. It's crazy. It was really Don't. insane too because the guy like fell, old guy fell, hit some scaffolding. Splits his throat open, so I guess the jugular is just gushing. And Malkovic comes over and applies pressure until uh, the paramedics get there. Saves the guy's life by keeping half his blood in him. All right. There's the truth. Ruth. Um, I forgot what we were talking about before that. I was going to... Fuck, I lost myself. Oh, uh, here is uh, Delco Trash. Want Shelby to go over right now and check Shade 45 for those chairs. <laughs> he goes, we, you know where they are. You just don't want to go over and do it. Shelby, I don't want you to go in there. Hey, gang. Uh, we're missing some chairs out here. Look, let's stop fucking around, should we? No, I know the chairs are here. <laughs> I know you like to play your music kind of loud in here, but uh, people need a place to sit. What do I look like? The fucking <laughs> IT place? Michael Musto? Nothing impresses Shelby. Mm -mm. It's much. fucking hardcore. Cold-blooded. I don't want to plug a mask again. Thanks, though. Hey, gang! <clears throat> and you gave up on trying to check. Well, you're probably gay, right? Uh, last time I checked, no. I thought you were because that black t-shirt seems like a dicky every time I see yeah. it. Yeah. It's just slightly gay. Not 100% gay, but slightly. And plus, you're thin. Yeah. And actually, you keep your hair too nice for a straight guy. Maybe I'm gay. 
Doctor, help me. I think I'm gay. Look how well put together this outfit is. What should I do? Well, I know Hicks isn't gay because yesterday he came into work with his shoes on backwards. <laughs> you just thought those were shoes. I go, are you leaving? No, I'm just getting here. <laughs> it's a good time. Plus, he choked on a fucking e-cigarette. There's no way he's going to be able to take a cock. <laughs> hey, did you see the instant ice, the water bending on the iBang? No, I didn't. It's unfucking believable. It's probably up on iBang Viral. Here it is. You really don't even need any sound on it because this fucking guy keeps talking like an asshole. <laughs> All you need to say is the little tricks that he's doing. Look, he takes that, hits it. What the fuck? And turn it to ice. He's like now look ice. at this. He's fucking pouring ice. This is blowing my look brain. Look at this. Oh my god. This is why I fucking tell you at least check out the video, Six. I love. Oh. Jerking it off. <laughs> ice. He's like a goddamn X Man. These. He'll teach you how to make those. Do those tricks though. Oh, but I'll good. fucking tell you right now. Yeah, it's all up. I forget what it's called. What's the name of the... Instant oh. Ice. Thank you, Fizz. But when it comes to this fucking stuff, you can learn it, but first you got to stop and hesitate and listen. <laughs> oh, that's before Shelby's time. I got it. Shelby, what's the first song that you remember? Beautiful? Uh. I am beautiful <laughs> in every single way. Tub thumping? Hey, did you see those really cute blondes that Anthony's enslaved on the ONA show? Yeah. Did you go over and introduce yourself yet? Yeah, we're cordial. Yeah? Know. I think they both have boyfriends, though, so... So do you, so that shouldn't yeah. talk about <laughs> something common. Have you talked to Sam yet? Roberts? Yeah. No. I mean, I, I think that he would yeah. love you. Or I hate so. you because like yeah. it's like Highlander and suddenly yeah. there's two. two alike. Either he's really gonna like you and think you're a great kid, or run at you with a fucking sword. Bring it, <laughs> Roberts. <laughs> I like I'm how cocky shit. you are. When's the last time you were in a fight? Uh, Have you ever like been in a fight? Eighth grade, maybe. Fuck him up. Eh, sort of. You know what? This is a really good thing. I bet no one's last fight was a win. Because <laughs> if it was, like the champ, you'd keep right on fighting. you feel like a badass. Yeah. Fuck everybody up. Like, fuck. I probably can't lose fights at all. I'm just going to keep picking them. I always, like, start fights, and then my friends would end up just jumping yeah. in, and then well, be like, yuck, you got to yeah, funny. cool it. That's funny, kids. <laughs> funny kids are always able to get that shit started. Let the other guys fucking peel it out. I hung around with people that look like fucking monsters. <laughs> I was not kidding. I hung around with people that could punch through walls. Christ almighty. That's the right people to hang out with. Well, yeah. What am I going to do? Hang out with a fucking bunch of geeks? <clears throat> Someone said to me about geek culture that whenever anyone really geeks on a single thing, like, is there anything that you say that you geek for, that you're a geek about? Uh... Maybe radio, something like that. Like comedy, like, I would think. Yeah, okay, comedy. Uh, what about you? I guess like Game of Thrones. Like Instead I'm, of fucking of writing it for him, what about you yourself? Lord of the Rings. What about you, Fist? Wrestling. Someone said this to me over the weekend. I'm going to actually give it some thought. They said, don't care whether it's music, baseball, whatever. As soon as you become a geek about it, 
you suck every bit of fun that there is, any enjoyment thing, and you just become annoying when you talk about it. And that's why the real right-wing Christians are like Jesus geeks. When you're just like, dude, you got anything else you could talk about but the Bible? But there's a psalm you need to hear about. But it's kind of true. Now I'm going to give it some thought that if you pay too much attention to anything and become somewhat of an expert on it... Um, all right, fucking Fagiotis brought my name up to that cop, and they said, thanks, we'll, we'll contact Ron shortly. Look, Foggy, I don't want you ever bringing my name up to cops under any circumstances, all right? Because I ain't the one with the brownies. You are. Mm. Delicious. All right, we're going to break here. We're going to come back and talk about homeschooling. Was this yours, Hicks, I yeah, imagine? this was mine, Because yeah. it was so... At attack of the fucking clones out of nowhere. <laughs> well, you suddenly make it a right-wing, left-wing thing. But there's a lot of left-wing people that aren't putting their kids in school either. I didn't know that. Yeah. I know a lot of people now homeschooling children. This, this just, I don't even understand. I've got works. nieces and nephews being homeschooled as we speak. Crazy. I can name four. Crazy. Right off the bat. They're all kind of country people. All right. I will tell you this: they get a lot of vacation time. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying here with the homeschooling. How much school's going? You go over there in the middle of the day, and you're going to see some kids <laughs> recess again. <laughs> None of them can spell their name. <laughs> that's a problem. Got to get that alphabet down. Very least. Well, Brad can come back and talk about homeschooling. Uh, and again, tons of people are doing it. It's a running fest show. You're enjoying the Ron and Fez show on Sirius XM's OP and Anthony channel. More in moments. Father's Day is coming up on Sunday. Do it right, people. Don't get stupid ties and golf balls. What are you getting your dad? My father has passed away. I won't be getting him anything. Uh, sorry. I wish I could get him something, and if I could, it would be a Dollar Shave Club gift card. Get your dad signed up for Dollar Shave Club. That way, you're giving the gift of a fantastic shave, and... Yeah, my dad would much rather get that than golf clubs. And, well, that's instead of... This is the gift that keeps on giving. Because you get razors delivered each and every month. Dad never runs out of razors again. Golf clubs are disposable? Well, it's, this is something that's personal because it's it's something that you know a dad is going to want. You can screw up with golf clubs. Uh, you can get the wrong kind. No, I'm straight. This, But this, with DollarShaveClub.com, this is a chance to get quality razors, save Dad a ton of cash, mm. and make sure that he never runs out because they're delivered each and every month. It's Dollar Shave Club and Dollar Shave Club gift cards for Father's Day. Go online to DollarShaveClub.com, get the gift card. Also, check out some of the packages they have. And for a few dollars more... Throw in a package of One Wipe Charlie's, the new pre-moistened towelettes that will get Dad very, very clean Father's Day or any day of the week. It's DollarShaveClub.com. DollarShaveClub.com. Just in time for Father's Day.
That's the artist of the day, George Harrison. Making it happen. He's uh, part of the in the other plane part of the Beatles. Half are here on Earth, half are wherever. Hicks likes to call it points east. Yeah. Points east. That's where all the dead dogs are. Doing God knows what. Hopefully chasing rabbits. And humping fucking feet. Sounds like a good time. Sure. That's all we can hope Point for. Seats. Point seats. So, uh, I didn't know that uh, until Fez's commercial that uh, this Sunday is Father's Day. I guess, yeah. You, you and Hicks. You, Pips. Yeah. Uh, Fez. Got nothing to buy anybody for. I Nothing to it. do. I see it as a positive. <laughs> or maybe I'll hang out with Shelby. You hang out with your dad? Can I come with? <laughs> no, he's down the berg, so probably send him a text, I guess. That's right. nice. That's, That's beautiful. Cool. All right. Here's a text. I'll send him a text. <laughs> I'll just forward it over <laughs> to him. <laughs> you don't know me. Hap Dad Day. Thanks. Bring it. Fez, you used to be sad on Father's Day. Is you going to be sad this year? Yeah, it. I mean, oh. I, I expect it to happen. It hasn't hit me quite yet. It's weird. It hit me like a couple weeks ago. I started thinking of Father's Day. Got very emotional, very teary, but it hasn't hit me this week yet. I'm sure I'll get clobbered with a Father's Day brick on Sunday. What's that mean? Just a, an emotional punch in the face. Why can't it be a positive day? Well, I mean, I, it'll be positive in the fact that, uh, you know, I'll think about my dad and what a great dad he was. But it'll just be really sad that he's not here for me to call him and say, Happy Father's Day. Hmm. Okay. Now I understand that you put it in good, honest talk for me. I still have my dad. All he keeps talking to me about is that Clint Eastwood fucking <laughs> baseball scout movie. Trouble with the curve. Yeah. Is it good? <laughs> long, <laughs> as long as it's something to talk with him about, I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Eastwood seems to capture it. No, that's right. That one kid couldn't hit the curve. Hence the name. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why they call the trouble with the curve. There's been a lot of guys like that. They can crush the ball. They just can't hit a fucking curve. And that's it. They're gone. You never hear of them. Yeah. Going straight to minor league hell. So what's the home uh, school story about? A lot of home schools are out there. Yeah. And you're negative about homeschool? I, I just, I don't, A, I don't understand it. I don't understand how it works. I don't understand how you just give a parent over, uh, give them a, I guess, a curriculum, and then you teach the kid. Basically, you you came home with homework, right? Yeah. That's what all day is like now. She's just the kid sits and does homework, and then the parents comes in and says, have you done your homework? Sounds crazy. All right, since the 99, the amount of kids uh, being homeschooled has jumped 75%, and the number of primary schools whose parents chose homeschooling is growing seven times faster than the number of kids going to regular school. So it's up 75%, and the amount of people choosing homeschooling over regular schooling is up seven times overall. I think those numbers sound totally 
crazy to the point where... Yeah, but I mean, 75% of what? It could go from fucking... Three to seven, and suddenly everyone was like, "Oh my god!" That's why the second number, the second stat's even crazier. Where it's jumped yeah, seven times. Yeah, but seven times compared to what? It used to be thirty, and now it's two hundred and ten. People homeschool because a, it's easier. Everybody can sleep in. <laughs> I guess your day what what starts? Well, you need a parent that's going to be home with them. Here's now, right? the downside of it. And I know everybody's like, oh, there's bullying, and they don't teach our kids about Jesus or whatever. I don't want my kid to learn science. But there's a downside of it is that your kid's never really going to know how to talk to girls. It's going to destroy them socially. Their social skills will be in the shitter. They'll right. be weirdos. You know, I have buddies that went to a straight, all-boys Catholic school, and they talk like dicks to chicks. They were fucking retarded. And then also, and this is true, I want to put this properly, they looked at black people as if they landed here from another planet. Like, in my school, we had plenty of interaction between the races. Yeah. Where my fucking buddies that went to the all-boys Catholic school did not understand how to talk to girls or black people. That's really weird. Tell those Catholic schools teaching these kids. Well, they was, you know, they focused hard. I'm sure their academics were better than mine. I would totally homeschool if I had a kid. I was ever going to have a kid. Were you going to have an ass kid? <laughs> if I was able to have an ass baby, I would homeschool it. I wouldn't want to send a kid. There's nothing but, but complaints about schools out there. I'd be but, terrified to send the kid out. But here's the thing. Do you realize how stupid you are compared to the teachers? I'm, I mean, look at the education that you're getting... For the kids. You don't know much about history. You don't know as much about fucking English. You don't know as much about math. Why would you think that you're capable of homeschooling? I would think I could teach a kid enough to get it started. I mean, for everything that an adult uses now, I could teach that amount of math. I could teach spelling. Look, but you're, you're now acting... So you're going to do that all the way up until they're in high school? Um, high, I would I would think about it all the way through high school. I would definitely keep a little kid at home and homeschool. So then the first time that they go to school, they're like in eighth or ninth grade. They're going to freak fucking out. crazy. Brandon, you're on the Run and Fez show. Yeah, Ron, uh, I was actually uh, homeschooled in, in Montana. I, yeah, you guys are going to make that joke, but it, it's a pretty common deal. It's not a... A big deal, and like you guys were just saying about, you know, freshman year, that's when you go to high school 90% of the time then. So why do you stay home first or eighth? Well, you know, like uh, here, you know, you're so far away, uh, you don't just have a school around the corner, you know. Uh, a lot of uh, farm kids, ranch kids, actually. I mean, that's a, that's a big that's a Oh, big I could definitely right see that. Here. If you lived out in the middle of bum, bumfuck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and I, actually, I ended up getting kicked out of uh, homeschooling. I uh, got caught fucking the teacher. That's, uh, that's one of those homeschool jokes. <laughs> Didn't know it was this old homeschool humor. Yeah. I had a friend, like, it was like middle school, like, going into there, and his parents were like, no, we're, we're pulling you out. 
homeschooling you, but his parents, like, he still needed a foreign language, so they made yeah. him come for, like, an hour a day just to take Spanish. <laughs> what a waste of time. <laughs> defeats the whole purpose. Right. The kid's gonna... You know, then, like, Tebow wanted to come back for fucking football. You're like, well, no. Are you homeschooled or part of this school? <laughs> it's supposed to be about the people here. Can they play ball or not? It's homeschoolers want both ways. Uh... Here's uh, Brian, Texas. You're on the Ron Fest show. What's going on, Mr. Ronnie Bean? Yeah. Hey, I'm going to let you know that I had the same question with my wife. She wants to homeschool our kids. But the state of Texas, they have to give a lesson plan out for all the teachers. So the teachers, they just go, you know, to the ABCs of it. And any parent can do the same shit. I've been looking at it. I don't want to take let my girls do homeschool because it, it just takes them out of the total element of it. But I would love it um, just for them to learn because they don't learn shit in school. They don't. All right, thanks. Uh, it is here to stay. It's definitely here to stay. But you know you're not giving the same amount of attention that a teacher is giving. There's, there's, there's no way. There's teams of teachers. There's a teacher. There's an English teacher and a science teacher and whatever else. There's a team of people teaching your kids. You can't. You're not getting the same fucking kind of schooling. It can't possibly be better. I would be like this. Okay, we're homeschooling today. Hold on. Wait, everybody. Look who's on the view. <laughs> and you're fucking laughing, but you know that happens. Why wouldn't it? Uh, kids, I know how to tell you this. I just noticed on AMC, uh, Angels with Dirty Faces is on. So we're going to watch that quietly, and then you're going to do a report on Jimmy Cagney. How's that sound? Um, here's Glenn. Glenn, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddies. I think any parent that wants to homeschool their kid can, but I don't think that makes it a good idea for two reasons. Number one, you're controlling what the kid learns. Um, you're, the whole point of school is to learn outside of yourself, and if you're just learning what your mom or dad knows, uh, I, just, I just think you're asking for trouble in adulthood. And also, the interaction portion of school is probably, even though we limit it now with no bullying and everything, it's, I think the interaction with other kids is probably the most important part of school and fuck math and science, learning how to interact with your fellow human. It is. That would be the, the thing about it, Fez. You would not be giving them anything anymore in terms of philosophy than what you would already give them as a parent. So they would not be able to get the ideas that, hey, there are people who do deal with things differently. I now have to do some critical thinking. Do I agree with this teacher or that teacher or some of these other kids? You get to see that there's a big world out there. And in a lot of these things, there are no absolutes. But you do get to sleep later as a family. School will start when we all wake up. It sounds awesome. It sounds great, but it's it's the learning is going to start suffering. It's going to go this way anyway when every kid's staying at home and just, you know, logging into their classroom at home eventually. I don't know where you're getting that from as that's the future of education. I've never heard that before right now. What are we going to do with all the schools then? There's very little. I mean, you're acting like memorization is the only important thing to learning. The fact that we can log in 
means memory uh, and memorizing thing is less and less important all the time. It's about expression. It's about uh, filtering ideas through your own place. It's very little to do with uh, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Boom. Nailed it. Gonna go sit the fuck back down now. <laughs> We're gonna see the new world. You know what? One of my favorite school things was just hearing the grunting and groaning as some of my buddies tried to read out loud. <laughs> there, There's no fucking stand-up that's ever made me laugh as hard as hearing Kevin Shaw trying to make it through a fucking three or four pages of goddamn English. Um... Let's go over to uh, Matt in Virginia. You're on my fest. Hey, Ron. Yeah. I, uh, I go to church with a lot of women that homeschool, and this seems to be like the first generation of conspiracy theorist parents where they want to take their kids out of public school because they don't want... They have this idea that the government is going to force something on their children, and they, they don't like the fact that evolution isn't taught as fact. I mean, that it is... They, they believe it creates, uh, God created everything, and they want that thought as a fact. Uh, but they're not as crazy as they seem, because the most kids, they get involved in a local co-op where one parent might teach math, one, te one parent might teach science. But these kids, they're graduating high school. I just went to a graduation. The kid was 15 years old. He graduated. But these are not well-balanced children. They're, they're one of two. They're either like the, like the brother from Arrested Development, who is absolutely crippled by his mother, and who needs that mother to breathe for them, or they're, they're, when they get around other people, they're fucking wild children, and they're like bouncing off the wall because there's no balance of seeing how, hey, that kid's kind of off. Uh, the, the kids that in my family that are homeschooled, their mom's been taking them to like karate and I don't know what the fuck they do, some kind of stupid clogging dance or some shit. You know, they like the girls go and do oh. one thing. Boys are kicking stuff. They try to have some social interaction, but I told you about those kids. I mean, they're better at skinning rabbits than anything else. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool. I think yeah, stuff like that would be more of an intera interaction than you would get at school. Where at school, you're not allowed to talk to anyone until oh, recess or lunchtime. Do, do you not understand how great that is? That's your fucking first chance taking on the man? That's the first opportunity that you band together and say, look, this woman's nuts. This is crazy. Fez, imagine you being taught by your mom all day long <laughs> and her going over. What would your mental fucking self be doing? Oh, that would be insane. I'd be terrified. Well, what makes you think that there's a million other moms out there better than yours? Um, just knowing my mother. But yeah. I would say with my, if I had a kid... Do you realize that you've been in the nut hut twice? If you found out that your fucking school's, your kid's teacher kept having to be fucking <laughs> <laughs> slammed in and, and had their shoelaces taken away, you'd be like, I don't know if I want my kid to go to this school. It's a madhouse in there. I know another thing they do is like charter schools where you do have to pay and it's not exactly like a private school, but they just like it's all the whole like positive reinforcement and all that. But I don't understand a charter school. Yeah. I like to see bo boxy teaching kids. 
What would you teach them about confrontation? Stop. Lock up. <laughs> Eyes bright. Stay like that until someone leaves. <sighs> okay. I saw you start to speak back. Remember, freeze like a statue. Okay. You've been wearing that hat backwards every day now. Yeah. I haven't had a hat in a long time. I want to get some kind of summer hat, like a nice straw Panama hat or something. That's pretty cool. Or maybe I'll just go sombrero. Just come in here wearing a giant fucking sombrero every day. And then I can keep telling people, stop being racist when they bitch about my sombrero. Um, here's Dave. You're on the Run of Fez show. Dave, we got you, buddy, in Ohio? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to uh, comment that I went to high school with a kid who was homeschooled up until 16, and his parents put him into high school after being homeschooled. And, man, it's like every single kid used, used that kid and like just abused him because he didn't know how to act. It was like a carpentry class we were in. I mean, we were talking nailing his book back to tables and just being ruthless to the kid because he'd always narc on us for stuff. Didn't somebody teach him how to play dead back in homeschool? Apparently not. <laughs> Jesus, this homeschool is over fast. Yeah. I wish I could do the whole show on this. Shit's blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> you piss people off, by the way. Good. Because you're so confrontational in your post. <laughs> you can always see your posts because they're confrontational. Oh, I didn't mean to come off like that. Read your last thing out loud. Okay. This is great. This is great news. Looks like we'll be able to get rid of those awful, greedy, <laughs> malicious teacher unions soon. Where? Why? It's spot on stuff right there, people. Is that sarcasm? Sarcasm, yeah. Hmm. I'm not going to attack teacher unions. I'm all about public school. I honestly, I don't know if there's much, you know, all this stuff about education is great, but street smart has to fucking play into it. And you're never going to learn that from your mom. We sent up a lot of kids to be taken advantage of. Let me tell you. I look over at Hicks. Street smart is what he leads the league in. <laughs> <laughs> that kid had to get himself from point A to point B every day of his young life. That's fine. It turned out great. <laughs> Holding it down. Fight, fuck, or flee. Those are three things that your mom is not going to teach you. <laughs> Alright, we gotta get out of here. Yeah, man. We gotta be out of here. Fucking, I hear that song from New Liver. That means that's the end of the show. That's the <laughs> Yeah, they call him New Liver. That's cool. Shelby, you in tomorrow? Nope. Back on Wednesday. What are you doing your day off? Go to a coffee shop, maybe. Bird really? dog some chicks. <laughs> Excuse me, I noticed that you put two lumps of sugar in there. I do the same exact thing. He's out bird dog and beaver all day. When you're not slowing him down, Hicks. Get that trim. Fucking smash that shit hard by. <laughs> <laughs> you see, your mom won't teach you how to talk this way. Well, Fez, you made some great, short, concise points. I'm going to think I'm over tonight. And safety first. We gotta think of safety of the children. I don't want any man making fun of them for their big fucking cab door ears. 
Uh-uh. All right, four eyes. You're going to have to go in there. That's it. See you guys up in here tomorrow. A mass on Wednesday. And that's the end of my show. Donk. It's the Hopper from Dish Network. Perfect for Father's Day. You can get Dad all set up with television where he wants it, when he wants it. The Hopper. It's the only DVR that does this, people. It's where you can watch live programming, recorded shows, anywhere you want to. Laptop, smartphone, tablet. Take the television with you because anything you program, you can watch anywhere you want. It's the Hopper from Dish Network, 1-800-WATCH-TV. That's 1-800-WATCH-TV. Again, you can watch television on a laptop, tablet, or smartphone. And that is...